about as much as I can cram into a day. Bam, we're live. That was hardcore. <clears throat> hardcore. I didn't even watch it all. I mean, I watched all the ones you sent me. But um, I didn't watch it all. And thank you for the concise links. You're welcome. Um, I'm torn because... I'm torn. I know I, I can't imagine anyone watching this show who doesn't um, who doesn't like me. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone watching the show who doesn't like want to come over to my house and like hang out and drink sparkling water and watch UFC, maybe shoot some threes out in the front yard, you know, whatever, go for a walk on the beach, do the shit that I like to do. I just can't imagine. But there are people I'm starting to find out who watch the show who don't like me. But what's crazy is that some of these people um, who don't like me or maybe it's important because a handful of you well, on a regular basis, I'd say once a week I get a, a text or a DM saying, holy shit, thank you. And I go, what? And they go, I finally get it. So no. All right. Cool. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. What are, you, what are you torn about? I don't know what to say. I, I'm just like, part of me wants to be like, hey, if you don't like me, go away. Don't listen to the show. Like, just go away. I don't want you. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with you. Don't let me add turmoil to your life. I don't want to add anxiety to your life. Don't come over here so I can feed your pain body, as the great Eckhart Tolle would say. But another part of me is like, hey, I know why you're here. You, you think that there, you know that, you know that I'm right. And there is a chance you too might wake up <laughs> and I get it. So I'm just kind of, I just can't, I just can't figure it out. I just, I, I don't know what, the, I don't know what, the, I'm, I'm torn. Your friend Barry likes you. I like you. Let's talk qualifier layouts. Oh, Barry. Final layer. I can't even final. keep up. So I am on the greatest Caleb. Tell him, tell him about, is it the greatest thread game thread in the history of CrossFit games? It is. It is not just quite possibly. It is the greatest games thread of all time. I, I swear to God, I, I I might even like Mike Halpin. I'm even might like double heart Mike Halpin. I cannot believe how clever he is. Um, but uh, tomorrow is going to be crazy. Yeah, tomorrow night, uh, Jr. will be with us, and we will break down what we know so far about quarterfinals and preview what we expect to see in terms of both the workouts and the competition. I like Frisbee golf more this week than last week. Uh, I mean, guess that's healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I I mean, I think the first week you were going in pretty blind, not really. Now you have a lot more. It's a, it's a actually, is Greg Glassman? We could just ask him about waves of adaptation. You think last I'm just adapting? Was, last week was your first wave adaptation. And this is your second week at adaptation. And uh, after two or three more of these, you'll be in the flow. You know, the guys that I, in college that I played uh, when I would hang out with them, because I played more ultimate Frisbee and just Frisbee on the beach, but the guys who played the Frisbee golf were kind of dicks. Not kind of. They were dicks. They just weren't nice guys. They weren't <clears> nice guys. <throat> Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I don't they know were stuffy. I'm... They were stuffy. They weren't fun. But they didn't get they didn't get this. laid either. They were uptight guys. They were uptight guys. You know what I mean? You know what kind of guy I'm talking yeah. about? 
Yeah, you're you're thinking you're talking like a, about a surfers. I mean, they're they're like the hacky sack crew. Like they were like. You would think that people who surf regularly are pretty laid back, chill. They like to be outdoors in the ocean. You're welcoming. You can come. No. You go to the West Coast and you try to go to a surfing spot and they don't know you, they're going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, they're dicks. Are, and Frisbee golf guys are like that too? I'm saying maybe. You might have a perception that they're these mellow, chill, potheads, whatever, throw Frisbees in the woods guys, but maybe they also have a little stigma about them. The only Frisbee golfer I've ever met seems incredibly nice. And I threw my Frisbee into... Oh, thank you. And now, okay, the first before <laughs> you, how about that? Was threw it a frisbee. I threw my frisbee into like three feet deep, like mud and water, and this guy just waited out there and grabbed it for me without question. And then he let me keep it, and it was his. He was a nice guy. Wow, wow. Well, these guys on the show seem really cool, except except for like the best guy in the world seems a little old and stuffy. Uh, Which, Macbeth. Who is it? Paul Macbeth. Yes, yeah. He got it. He's the only dude who got his shirt tucked in. <laughs> He's rich, like he though. He's rich, a, right? Retirement uh, home down in Florida, where he moved to in the off season. He's rich. And by the way, Scott, I didn't bring him up. Savan. He he's rich. Macbeth is rich. Yeah, I mean, he has um, his the the company that sponsors him, Discraft, gave him a ten million dollar ten year ten million dollar deal two years ago. I'm sure he's got other sponsors besides that. He's obviously he's got the most tournament winnings in the history of disc golf. Um. He has, you know, he has his own foundation that does some really cool stuff. They put courses in all over the world. They've put a few in so far. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was traveling around on a yacht over the off season, I guess. I don't know if he owns it or was renting it, but yeah, he's got a lot of money, but he's, he's doing good things with it. And you know what I, what I like about him is he still shows up to all the tournaments and he's always in the mix. Okay. Fair. Uh Oh, uh, there have uh, been <laughs> what I'm, I'm concerned because there's two sets of notes that I have <clears throat> okay. torn between the two. I just want to make sure that they're identical and that I sent identical notes to um, Caleb. Ah, well, let me set the scene up here and then Brian will really set it. Uh, we are on a uh, uh, Frisbee golf, Frisbee golf, Frisbee disc golf. What do you call this game that we're covering? Disc golf. Disc golf, uh, it's a 32-week season with 16 main events. We covered the first event uh, two weeks ago, and this is the second event, and the second event was in Waco, Texas. Um, some girl from my high school died there in some FBI raid, I remember. Branch Navidian? Branch Davidian? Anyway. Um, uh, and for some reason, they're going down there for Frisbee golf, 80-degree uh, weather, windy. It seems like all these events are windy. Wind is a ma- is a massive factor in the disc golf. Yes, uh, they were at the Bri- Br- uh, not the Braziers Park East, like the porn, but the Brazos Park like, East, yeah, like the river. Oh, is that what that was? That's the Brazos River that they're playing along. It is. Okay. And uh, can we see a map where Waco is, um, Mr. Beaver? Yeah. While he's pulling that up, I can tell you it's it's basically right between Dallas and Austin, slightly closer to Austin uh, on I thirty five. You been there? I might be exactly between them, actually. Yeah, I've been to Waco many times. What for? Uh, well, I used to live in Austin and also in Tyler, Texas. I spent like eight years living there. I played college soccer in Texas. I coached high school football in Texas. We actually played a state, I think a state quarterfinal high school game at Baylor Stadium, which is pretty cool. 
I could see you being part of that branch Davidian, like maybe <clears throat> that cult. Was it? Do you know about that in Waco? The, a cult in Waco? Yeah. You don't know about that? It may have been before your time. Trish definitely knows. I'm going to pretend I don't know about it, but even if I did know everything about it, I would still say no. Okay. Fair. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, big crowd, good weather. Um, second event. Um, some of the things I learned is that uh, last week, a guy named um, Calvin um, Heimberg, mm-hmm. and his nickname, I didn't know his nickname until this week. His, his nickname is Vinny. Is that right? Yeah. They call him Vinny? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what, you don't think so? Or yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. His yeah. friends, yeah. Yeah, Vinny. And uh, um, and there there must be some total score running because... Points. So there's there's you can earn points throughout the entire year for the Disc Golf Pro Tour tour championships which would be the last of the 16 pro tour events that we cover and he's probably the points leader since he won the first pro tour event you can get points from other events but the pro tour obviously has the most points so since he won week week one or the first tournament uh, in vegas he's probably the points leader at this point there's something kind of annoying about this sport i want to show you can you go back to that picture in other sports um, you, you kind of stay true to the technique. So even if you're not going to throw a punch as hard as you can, you still go core to extremity, right? This fucking sport, these guys will get in these positions that are just so fucking weird. And they'll just start like at the halfway mark to their extremity. And that's how they fucking control how hard they throw it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And they have no issue coming off their midline and looking like a complete dork. You know what I mean? Like thought, like with their ass back, and them like, like, look at he. You would think that like that's the end of a throw, but that may be just like at the end. But the beginning, he was already out like this. It's a trip, right? I don't know about that last part, but there are a lot of different ways to to throw the disc, and sometimes you know what I'm talking about, though the core to extremity part, right? They won't they won't always start with their core. They'll come out like and just be like, all right, this is going to be an arm hand throw or just a wrist flick or yeah. So that'll depend on many, many different variables, including sometimes their stance. Like you might not be able to run up to the disc at some time. Sometimes this is just a putt. So that's people- still core to extremity, though. At least that guy's getting his hip open. But I mean, you will see some shit that like you don't want to see like anyone you love in those positions. <laughs> it just it's it's not a good look. But these guys. Yeah. And, these it, and, it that shit. No, yeah. But it, and it happened to one of the guys that was contending for the win on the final round in the middle of the round where he had to stretch out from behind a tree and just do a little flick forehand. And he, he, I think he's trained his back a little bit doing it. No shit. It was in the notes. You didn't read the notes? No. God, dude, I got 10 pages of notes myself. Um, <laughs> did they say that he may have strained his back or you investigated that? Uh, no, you could just see it on the, uh, oh, you know, because I was watching the live coverage. So it's not about, uh, they, they just, you know, there's a lot of dead air. Um, and then the ones that you watch, it's just going to move straight past that. So they probably wouldn't uh, mention it. Unless it ended up being a problem later on, which it did not seem to be. Are, are you talking about uh, Klein? No, Adam Hammes. Oh, wow. No shit. Okay. I'm looking at the notes now. Uh, it, and another thing you should know about this uh, sport, and we will talk about this as we go on. This sport is like developing very, very, very quickly. And the commentators are really cool at kind of letting you know that because they'll talk to you about how well people did the previous year or the previous year or the previous year. And last week, one of the themes was is that there's no bad um, golfers anymore and uh, in the sport. They've kind of weeded them out. 
because the competition's so stiff. But this this week, one of the themes was is that new records were being set everywhere in terms of how many birdies uh, people were getting and whatnot. The bi- I think the <clears throat> the biggest challenge with this tournament was the record. The record that they did set set was the most number of players within three shots of the lead heading into the final round. And there were at least a dozen. I think uh, maybe 13 or 14 players that were still within three shots of the lead with one round to go. And basically what that means is, you know, almost always the winner comes off the lead card. They're in one of the top four positions heading into the final round. Occasionally, and it's rare, the winner will come off of the chase card, which means they're in the six, seven, eight, or five, six, seven, or eight spot going into the last round. But in this tournament, there were guys on the third card so they're in ninth through 12th that were still extremely relevant contenders for the tournament when the, when the last round started. So it was really like a really a broader scope of potential winners heading into the final round than we, you would usually have. And if, and as the round went on, you could, you know, guys eliminated themselves just by not playing well enough, but even uh, late into the round, there were still, you know, three or four guys that could legitimately win. Uh, and, and to give you guys uh, who don't know, like I didn't know a couple weeks ago, when Brian says cards, the way this works is dude, the dudes travel in packs. There's four guys per pack. And after each round, it sounds like the packs get reassessed based on who the best players are. So card one is the four best players, meaning the players with the uh, best score. And it sounds like they do the course three times. The tournament's always, they're always a little bit different. But in this case, yes, they play the same course on three consecutive days. And do they read, do they rework the cards every nine holes or just every, no, every 18 holes? Yeah. So in the first round, it's, uh, the court, the, either the DG, the disc golf pro tour or the course directors or a combination of those determine the start order. And there's a few cards where it's like, um, a lot of times the featured card, which is not based on how they did in this tournament, but it's based on previous tournaments. So they'll have like last year's winner, the guy who won the previous tournament on tour and, you know, maybe like a local guy and then like another stud or something on the lead, on the feature card. And they'll have like two to four featured cards throughout the day. And the best two cards supposedly be the last two. Once everyone finishes playing on day one, everyone has a score. And so uh, if you're the, the one of the worst four guys, you, you're going to tee off earliest on the next day, just like in, in golf. How many and cards the, are there? How many, how many athletes? On the uh, usually there's a hundred to 160 in the men's fields and like 30 to 60 in the women's fields. Okay. Do you know how many were in this, in this particular day? I think there were 120 Wake, players in this one. Waco 120 men. Okay. And why aren't we covering the women? Because we're just not proficient enough at it yet. I could talk about the women, but I think we should start with the men. It's, okay. It's, it's more well-established, even though there is, it is, it is similar to CrossFit in the respect that, you know, the women do get, uh, similar opportunities. They have all the same tournaments. I'm not sure actually about the prize money. It might be less, but uh, I would. Un- I think that's understandable given the you know fact that they have 30 to 50 percent of the entries in the field, and um, they get coverage too. You can watch the women's lead cards the same as you can the men's. Uh, so, so you can think of the card the the cards as um, heats. And and so the the coverage is only for the first heat and the second heat, very similar to our sport. What's our sport again? Oh, CrossFit, right? <clears throat> okay. Uh, I uh, w- the way the way I the way I um, catch up to what Brian's knowledge is, he gave me about two and a half hours of footage to watch. They're condensed looks um, by two companies. One of them is called uh, Jomez Pro. 
And the other one is called something media gatekeeper, gatekeeper media. And so I watched those two YouTube channels, gatekeeper media and uh, Jomez pro. And that's where, uh, where I will be pulling the clips from. Now I apologize in advance to Caleb because I time code <laughs> these clips and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be crazy. All right, page one. I did twice as many notes as last week. I wonder if this show can be done in four hours. Uh, tw- uh, uh, hole number one, um, Calvin Heinberg, the winner from last uh, uh, week. Um, it, it sounds like throwing one of these discs perfectly straight is the hardest thing you can do. It's like trying to hold a camera especially, still. Yeah, especially if it's windy. And uh, um, Heinberg loves a straight shot. And at uh, hole number one at the four-minute mark, you will see this guy's incredible arm. The guys want to give the commentators want to give Calvin the throne as the best player. They're just you can just tell they're not sure yet. You want to send they, me those notes? <clears throat> oh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So um, this we're start we we skipped round one for the coverage this week. Um, it was just random guys on the card, and after the first round, a uh, couple you know the, the top four players including of which was Calvin Heimberg was in the top four position. I think he was in second place after the first round. And basically there are two players, Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki that have been dominating the tour for most of the last decade. And there's another young guy, Eagle McMahon, who is up and coming superstar. And those three guys have won so many tournaments in the last, I don't know, four years or so that they see like they come to mind as being the best players but lurking in the background is calvin heimberg uh he is by by the worldwide by world um by disc golf's rating system he's been in the top five in the world for the last several years he just doesn't win as often as those guys so he's always close but never winning so it's more like like a velner instead of a, a Maderos or a fraser and it's like even though we know he's great we know he has the potential until you step through the door and actually win when it matters the most you're always going to be thought of second to the guys that find a way to win. It seems like the commentators are ready to crown him. They're just not sure. Uh, extra sloppy just got here. Did we determine if Brian calls it frolf or disc golf yet? The world needs to know. Disc golf. Disc golf. Okay. There you go. Four ninety nine. Well, money well spent. Uh, here we are. Uh, Calvin Heinberg. It's our first look at him on the show today. Uh, great uh, straight shot by him. Yeah, and this is the first hole here, and it's it's really demanding when the wind is up. You can choose this gap through the middle, and there are some players that throw this. It's a very difficult shot, and he gets pretty lucky there that it checks up and doesn't go out of bounds. A lot of the players also throw it high around the outside on a spike hyzer, um, but it, it can. there's a pretty tight green up there. So it's a short hole, but it's a tough little tricky hole. And the problem with this course for the top players is um, people can shoot so low on it. Like they can have so many birdies and score so much under par that if you don't pick up at least two out of the first three holes with birdies, that you're already in a deficit going into the woods where they have nine consecutive holes and uh, like half of them are really difficult. Uh, and, and to what Brian said right there, you're about to see some holes that look nothing like the holes we looked at uh, last week. I mean, it basically looks like they're shooting in a maze. At one point, a commentator called it the woods. Another commentator called it the jungle. I think both are uh, apropos. Okay, 550, another uh, great shot for Calvin, a uh, downhill shot. <clears throat> uh, some of the guys were saying that this is the hardest shot in the sport. Well, it's tough. First of all, Calvin's like 6'4". He's standing on that basket where he, you know his foot is basically as at the height of the basket. So he's like six, seven feet above where he needs a disc to go. And then the, you know, 
it's a little bit more narrow when you're coming in on that angle. Plus, if you miss the basket, it's probably going to go out of bounds over that wall back there. And and look at that's the posture I'm talking about. Look, there's no there's no core action going here, core to extremities, just like something in the middle to extremity. Can we see that one more time, Caleb? It's a short uh, it's a short putt, so he's probably just trying to limit limit the number of moving parts. So he's just going to keep it to like the shoulder out to the wrist. Yeah, crazy, shoulder to wrist. It's like a dance move. Uh, Seven fifty five. Uh, they have these uh, cement platforms that these uh, homeboys uh, tee off from. And I'm wondering, Brian, are these poured for uh, two questions? Are these poured for uh, Frisbee golf? And then look how far back he is. That's a tough transition right there on your footing, isn't it? To go from uh, dirt and whatever that is there, hay, and then like a three inch step up to concrete. Yeah, so those are tee pads that are in place because the course is there permanently. The last last week we saw one that was on a on a golf, ball golf course, and so that's a, a little bit more temporary. This course is always there, and if you go to Waco tomorrow, you could play this course. Now they might move the baskets around for the and put them in the harder positions for the pros, but they might some of them might be exactly the same. Why not a larger pad so that they can be on one, you know, it's a, de it's definitely a point of contention in the sport. There are other, uh, you'll see T pads on some courses, um, that are a lot more tight than this, or there's a, there may be a little bit elevated. And if you want to take that exaggerated run up, then it's even that much more difficult to do. Um, you know, this is every, every disc golfer has a different like routine. And some of the guys are really, really limited in their preparation for their tee shots based on the size of the tee pads whereas others i think realized well you know there are a lot of times where i won't get this full run up and so i need to become proficient at doing it with just two or three steps as well all right uh check check this out this transition with uh un underneath his feet just how, how much the ground changes this is adam hammes by the way he was a leader after round one he had shot 12 under par um he's still at 12 under par because he took a par on the first hole in round two and he will be in contention throughout the tournament. He's um, from Wisconsin, and he's a pretty pretty good player. When he gets in the mix, he's competitive. But he's not always in the mix like some of the top guys are. But he's still a top 20 player in the world. And he was prominent in the videos you sent me today. Yeah, he was leading from round one. He was leading after round two. And then it would just be a matter if he could hold on for the you know the final round. Uh, Waco, uh, at the Brazos park East hole four, the commentators, uh, were suggesting that this hole four is a defining hole for the course. Um, and this is, this is the hole that they, uh, they started using words like jungle. It's the and first hole in the, in the woods. So one through three are in the open <laughs> and then four through 12 are in the woods. And then the last six holes are back in the open. And uh, they said even on the windiest days back in here, you can't feel the wind or, or there'll be pockets of wind that blow through that you won't feel from the uh, tee. Yeah. So on this hole, the, the wind's probably not going to play. If you look on the far right of the screen there, you can see how close it is to the river, but it's so thick. So most of the hole is not affected by the wind, but the, the green has that little wind tunnel on the back, which you can see in the picture there. And so sometimes the putts can still be affected by it. Uh, a, a very uh, poignant question by Joey Club, and uh, why haven't I turned this off yet? I just, it's a fucking incredible question. Um, uh, Caleb will be topless in a few minutes if you want to hang in there. Um, just you wait. At the it's better. Uh, Adam, uh, so can you play? Can you play a little bit of this? I think that they might do a pullout shot here. Let's see if we can get a couple seconds of this. 
yeah, you can basically see. Hey, do they clear the um? Oh, and here and here's Calvin. We'll take a, a look at Calvin here, Heinberg. Do they clear these holes? Yeah, I mean, this it's a lot of work to keep this fairway clear, but also this course has been there for almost thirty years. All right. So they, they the the fairways and the rough are how they want it to be. You know, so they want it to be um, very open in the middle, but it's tight. And if you miss at all, then you get punished by being in the in the thick woods. And almost always, you'll just have to concede a stroke, punch out, and continue playing from there if you go in the woods. Uh, it's something I noticed uh, this week that I didn't notice last week. I, it was there last week, but I'm starting to understand the game more. Is these guys, it's it's kind of like a race. These guys will play. There's a game going on, kind of like they're head fucking each other. They play it safe. They play it safe. And then when one guy thinks it's time to take it risky, uh, to, to make, take a risk, he'll take a risk. And you'll see that as we get closer and closer to the end of the tournament. But there's clearly shots that guys play might be able to make, but they don't take because they're kind of staying in a pack together. Is, is that right, Brian? Yeah. And, and everyone will come in with a different strategy. So Adam Hammes, for example, was very open that there were specific holes in the woods four, nine and 12 that he was playing them for par every round, no matter what he just wasn't, he wasn't going to take the risk of playing for a bird, trying to get a birdie on one of those and take a bogey or a double bogey. And we'll see the, you know, how that fares against some of his closest competitors in the last round. Uh, so here you see uh, Adam Hames uh, plays it safe on uh, hole four at 1905. And hopefully this will give you an idea of what we're talking about. <clears throat> we're cruising. Mm-hmm. We're cruising. Uh, that's not, that's a uh, keep going. That's Proctor, James Proctor. And uh, that doesn't look like is that. That's not. Oh, there it is. So okay. Hammes actually did make a birdie on this hole and hole four. Um, so he, you know, which is good. It's a very difficult hole to birdie. Okay, that was a poor example. Hopefully, I can get you a better one. It was probably his throw before that that I was referencing. Um, okay, uh, twenty twenty. Uh, Adam hole five. Uh, tough shot. Uh, hits oh no a great shot. This is a great shot. He hits the basket off the tee. I don't think I saw this ever last week. Um, I can't remember if anyone had it had near ace runs. There were a couple. There were a couple. By the way, this, this isn't Adam Hames. That's Calvin Heimberg. Maybe I have my guys confused. No, that's Heimberg. But Hamas comes up immediately after him, and he does hit this one off the bottom of the basket. Did you remember that? I know it's going to scoot up and hit the base of it, not hit the chains. Yeah. God, how do you remember that? Yeah, that's a that's an incredible shot, and you can see that. And when I was asking Brian about this course, I said, "Hey, man, these are really short um, holes, and it seems like there could be a lot of hole in ones." And Brian, didn't you say something like, "This may be the last time they use this course on the pro circuit because it's so easy"? I think that well, what they were talking about this weekend is that next year at this tournament there will be multiple courses as part of the tournament layout. This, like we said, this year they use this course for all three rounds. I think they'll still use this course for at least one round next year, but not for all three. Uh, Twenty-one fifty. A guy we haven't mentioned his name yet. Uh, Nico Lacosta. Nico Lacastro. Um, like our Dave Castro, but La Castro. He's like the French yeah. version of Lo, Dave. Lo Castro. Yeah. Lo Castro. <laughs> Nico's one of the most animated players on tour. He also has. 
one of the, if not the lowest um, PDGA number on tour, meaning he's been a registered member of the PDGA for longer than almost any of these guys. He used to be one of the top players in the world like 10 and 15 years ago. He's still very good. Two notable things about him is his attitude sometimes is questionable. And last year during the European Open, he got a nine-month suspension for um, the way that he interacted with the rules official. Wow, and during I the like off- it. <laughs> I like it. And during the offseason, he switched his disc company, which we talked a little bit about last week, that it can often be difficult to you know, have as much precision with discs that you've only been using for a month, a few months, when you, as opposed to some you've been using for a long time. But he also won this tournament in 2021. And so he was good enough to be on the lead card after the first round, which was, uh, I would say, probably to most people's surprise. Hey, um, uh, he's the Dennis Rodman, John McEnroe of disc golf. Uh, someone, uh, he's the the villain of disc golf. Uh, Matt, I mean, we have we have, we don't have anyone who gets kicked out except for doing drugs. This guy got kicked out for attitude. Yeah. yeah. What did he do, Brian? What did he do? Is there video of it? Yeah, there's video of it. Okay, if I could try to find it for you. I, um, but it's, yeah, it's from, he just he was disputing a call. I think. Oh. The other thing about Nico Lukash is he takes a long time over his shots. And this is actually a point of contention in the sport right now. You're supposed to have 30 seconds from when you approach your disc to when you throw your shot. And he frequently exceeds that time limit. And it's it's up to your card mates to call that. But I feel like the tournament should, you know, usually, but I feel like the tournament should also be able to enforce that. And I think that at this European Open, he'd already gotten some warnings and then he, the rules official said he took too long on a shot and gave him a penalty for it. And he did not, oh. did not like that. So he got right up in the guy's face. Yeah, this, this is it. Wow. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Take notes. Fucking CrossFitters. Bunch of pussies. Here we go. Hey, this is when shit matters. What Look at he, sh- he gets called for a time. Before this Violation. round. So you have a penalty. Too. What? Oh shit. Oh shit. Pause. Oh shit! He stepped up and pointed his nipples at him. Wow! Oh, what? Someone on the show was talking about that uh, this morning. Uh, Adam Kramer was talking about right, right. Was that who it was? Someone was talking about like getting up and, and getting all puffy chested. Wow! Uh, hey, that and that looks like the guy from Two Red Ferns or what's that show with uh, Gaffalafagus? Stack Galifianakis. Yeah, is that who that fucking ref is? So have- it looks like it. Why? Excessive time. Why? Step away from me. Step back. Oh. <laughs> We're going to get busted, Caleb. Stop this sorry, shit. Sorry, sorry. What a bitch that guy is. He puffed up on that guy and then told him to step back. He doesn't stop there. He keeps following him. And Okay, let's watch a little more. Let's watch a little more. This is good. This is the best part of the show. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. You want to stare? Wow. Okay, yeah, is there more? I don't know. Nick. Let's get Nick on the show. He would actually be a great a great guest to have on. He's been around for a long time. He definitely has some personality. So. Wow. Uh, Dick Butter, it's time for a slap fight. Yeah. Well, it's fucking multi, multi-sport. Bo Jackson did two sports. Why not that guy? That's incredible. 
Wow. He was pissed. Hey, and that's huge, right? One point. One stroke. Yeah. It can make a big difference. That was on the last hole of the second to last round of the European open. And he was in a top 10 position. God damn. And the, the European open is one of four majors on the year. So like, and those are the big ones. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, um, okay. Uh, Nico, the, well, this is appropriate. Uh, by the way, that shirt he's wearing, uh, Andrew Hiller, take note of that shirt. That might be your next shirt, dude. A shirt, like a judge's shirt, a no rep judge's shirt that we all wear. That thing is dope. That's a fucking boss move wearing that shirt. Okay. Uh, he, uh, Nico not doing what he needs to do. 2150. It looks like about a 25 foot putt. Here we go. <laughs> oh shit. He was, did you see him like shaking his head and shit? He just kiss the tree. He's a fucking. Well, if you look psycho. at his scorecard in the bottom left, he birdied hole one. He bogeyed a very easy hole two. He made par on hole three. So I told you that most of the top guys want to be two under par through three holes. He's even par through three holes. He took a par on four, which is fine. Five's an easy hole, and he's missed the putt again. So he basic he probably knows at this point I'm out of it. Like this course is too easy. These guys are too good, and through this five hole stretch, I've lost my chance to win the tournament. Uh, um, uh, Jake, come back tomorrow for that. Yeah, no, no, but stick around, Jake. We, you, you never know when Brian could start talking about CrossFit. His wires could get crossed and he could start talking about floor plans and shit. Hang out. Hang on. Enjoy this. Enjoy one guy who knows nothing about Frisbee golf and another guy who knows everything. I uh, try to entertain. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a term here. Uh, they call it sculpting shots. Uh, used yeah. on hole six, hole seven. And so I want you to start, uh, those of you who are watching, start u- learning the vernacular um, of the uh, of the game of uh, Frisbee golf. Uh, sculpting shots. It's nice, right? Yeah, sculpting think, them I around sh- trees. And- yeah, probably shot shaping is more of, a, of the term that might be used. But in the woods, you have to, you know, it's not just straight lines. Like there's an open path to the basket here, but you have to throw it on a certain angle and you need it to move. In this case, from left to right at the appropriate time. And 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 uh, we last week we talked about the the hyzer is like the hook, right? Yeah. So this is going to be either a backhand and hyzer or a forehand hyzer. And then and, and but then there's these other shots that are the forehand shots that go both. They go hyzer and anhyzer. Yeah. So that like it's, it have an S shape to them. <clears throat> Those are overstable discs that they're throwing. Oh, uh, which is kind of ironic because they're understable. If they're understable, then they're going to want to move in the one direction and continue moving that way. If they're oh, overstable okay. and you throw them in the Anheuser angle, then they'll fight back to the Heiser angle. Okay, word. Are those all? Are those understable discs always thrown uh, forehand? No, you can throw oh. them forehand and backhand. Okay. Uh, hole seven, uh, the staircase to the basket. God, this looks like a. This looks tough. This looks tough. I've, I kind of actually felt bad for the guys. Hole seven's a son of a bitch. There's not a lot of options if you, well, there's just not a lot of options. It's a cool hole because it's not, it's only 430 feet. So some of the guys can reach it with, from the tee, but in order to reach it from the tee, you have to throw an overstable forehand on an Anheuser angle that comes out of a really narrow gap and then flexes back into a really narrow alley to the green, which you can see right there. And we almost always will get caught up in between there. So even if you throw a perfect shot from the tee, you're still going to probably have you know, a 30 to 40 foot uphill tee shot at that basket, but it's a pretty easy birdie. And uh, Nico here uh, kills his second shot. 
yeah, this is a, this is like a fa- shot that Nico's famous for. It's just going to drift left to right, flatten out just at the end, and settle up right next to the basket. Uh, and then uh, twenty eight oh two, Adam Hames also uh, Amos. Uh, Adam Hames. Hames. Yeah, uh, Alan Adam uh, Anus uh, shows off his um, what he's made of. This kid's yeah. eighteen. No, how old is this kid? No, he's he's like t- maybe twenty three or four. He is a very very good forehand player. Like the one you showed earlier that he threw in the woods and hit the basket. Ninety five percent of the field is throwing backhand on that hole, and he's throwing a forehand straight up the gut. And you'll see him do that on a few few holes where a lot of the field is throwing backhand. Uh, hole eight, another straight uh, narrow shot to the basket. We'll visit that later uh, on one of the other rounds. Uh, hole nine, uh, par four. Uh, Adam takes a huge shot at it. Of course, I don't have the time code. Uh, and then, and then uh, at thirty four forty five, our boy Vinny, Calvin Heimberg. Uh, they start suggesting that he might be the current best player in the world. Uh, he gets a crazy putt here and passes Adam Hames. Yeah, so this... Hamas <clears throat> or Hames? Hamas. Hamas. So holes 9 and 12 are probably the, the make-or-break holes on this course as far as the wooded holes go. This is like a perfect shot, and even from here, you have a really difficult upshot to get this to the basket. As you see, he gets caught up a little bit there, doesn't get all the way through. He still has a birdie putt, which I think we're going to see, but um, a lot of players are, you know, take bogey on hole number five. James Proctor. And all the guys you've seen are on the same card, all four. Oh, there it is. Crazy shot. Dang, that's a crazy shot. Yeah, and I think that was actually a par save because he, the where he threw the previous shot from, it took him two shots to get there. Um the guy was asking what a putt is. Anything inside 66 feet is considered a putt. Otherwise, it's a throw. 66? Mm-hmm. All right. So that includes a round two of the front nine. Uh, and this was – these guys were the uh, four guys who – what did you call them? The main card, the card one? That was a lead card for the second round. Yeah. Lead card. Okay. Uh, now we're going to go into uh, – we're still in um, round two, but we're going to do the back nine. Okay. That, does that seem right to you? Yeah, we should we should probably go to hole twelve, and then whatever you want. Okay, I got. Let me let me get us there. Can, is, you mm-hmm. mind if I start on a hole? T- okay. So uh, as we go into this uh, into the back nine, that's uh, holes 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Adam is uh, fifteen under par, and Calvin is uh, sixteen under par. They're the two leaders in the tournament. Um, they, they, one of the commentators does make some uh, dumbass joke about how, um, he would take Calvin to fight the aliens. And it reminded me of like when, uh, CrossFit commentators talk about who they would take to a, in the zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? Geeks are geeks. What are you going to do? Uh, uh, hole 10, uh, four Oh five Calvin looking unstoppable at four Oh five. It is kind of interesting how they go through phases where they're just murdering it. Right. Yeah, and and like I said, this course half the holes are in the woods, half of them are in the open. So there's certain athletes that will excel on one half or the other of the course. And if you get hot in the woods here, uh, uh, like I said, really, apart from hole twelve and maybe nine, you could birdie the rest of the holes in the woods, like pretty pretty realistically. So that that was off the tee right there, I think. And uh, that was the second shot. Oh, that was the second shot. Okay, and you guys saw how close he got to the uh, basket. Liz R. Brian Friend, 
do these professionals make more than CrossFit Games professionals? Definitely not in competition winnings alone, but in terms of sponsorships and um, then, yeah, the top guys, I think, are making more. You, but but the cross the top CrossFit Games salaries are not really that well known or advertised. But in disc golf, like I mentioned earlier, the biggest contracts are public. Do you th- what did you say? He did a six year six million or ten year ten million? Ten year ten million, and then the second ranked player, Ricky Wysocki, the following year signed a four year four million dollar deal with a different company. Holy shit! Did you see on the side there? Andrew Hiller did an unsporty Beth video. Or sporty another sporty Beth video. Oh shit! Talk about peeling off a scab. Um, it, it's yeah. Did you see? Oh, okay. Caleb's not gonna let us get distracted. Yeah, that. What is that? Should we watch that right now? I'm just joking, Brian. I'm joking. Okay, listen, uh, Brian. Do you think that Rich Froning's contract with Reebok was ten years, ten million? I don't know. Do you think that uh, Mal O'Brien's contract with Noble is uh, six years, six million? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. If you had to choose one way or another, do you do you think that either of them? Do you think that anyone's had a multi-year, multi-million? Do you think anyone's had like a a one-to-one ratio of years to millions of dollars in the CrossFit space? I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. Me too. That would be my guess too. Which is just crazy to say. Do these guys, the BJJ guys, Brian, have like DVDs they sell? Like Gordon Ryan's like rich off of selling like how to fucking choke a guy out. And um, Matt Fraser's rich off of selling like how to do a thruster. Do these guys have shit like that? Uh, I mean, some of them do tutorials, but. Uh, you buy any of them? You ever bought like a $90 fucking three hour tutorial from one of these guys? No. Mm-hmm. And if anyone would have, it would have been you if they had it. I don't know. For some reason, I'm like stubborn in that regard. Like, I, I, cheap? You mean cheap? Frugal? No, because you could go watch them free on YouTube. But like, how to throw a forehand, how to throw a backhand. But I've just always liked to figure it out myself. I guess. Uh, Patrick Clark, uh, yes, uh, he thinks uh, yes. Um, and uh, Fraser with Nike. Uh, I, I bet you Nike's cheap. I bet you Nike is cheap. Uh, for, uh, cash and product sponsorship is low seven figures. Sevon, product. Who the fuck wants product? Uh, I bet you one CrossFitters. Uh, I bet the top CrossFitters make more, but more disc golfers can self-sustain from sponsors. Uh, the prize money for these are um, the prize money for these. Uh, like for this is like thirty five thousand dollars for first place, right? Less. Oh, it is okay. I think I saw seventy five hundred for the winner on this one. Okay. It might be like 35,000 total in the purse or something. So most of these guys have day jobs. Most of them are grinding it out on the tour. Or they, or they live at home with their parents. That's what I'd do. No, they live in the van with their friends and drive around to the tournaments. Oh, fair. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right. That's cool. And they said this is one of the, they said this tournament was pretty crowded. A lot of people there. Yeah. Uh, Fraser made a mill with his incentives and bonuses. 
Shit, he should. He fucking won every game. Okay, uh, the guys love this course, a uh, popular course among the athletes. Uh, like I said, Adam uh, Hamas is negative uh, 15 under. Calvin Heimberg is in first place going into the back nine. Um, hole 10, Calvin looking unstoppable. We looked at that second throw. 435, uh, Hamas and Nico uh, make some a couple great uh, – Hamas? Anus? Hamas? Make some great putts. Do you see why zombies got – No, no. I'm going to make a Nico card with him squaring up on the referee. Oh, shit. Wow. 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 That's good. Uh, Mike McCaskey, top 20 prize earners in disc golf, earns 61000 on average during the 2022 season. All right. Let's check it. Let's uh, A couple great putts here. <clears throat> Game moves pretty fast. I know I was watching the condensed versions, but it still seems like it moves pretty fast. It can. There's occasionally a backup on the course that happened in this tournament on the last round where they got the whole nine and they basically had a 30 minute wait, which kind of sucks. But um, apart from that, yeah, you, you know, even at the pro tour with the best players, you're usually getting through a round in two to two and a half hours. Oh shit, we we missed uh, Adams. Adams was right before Nico's. Can you go back uh before 435, maybe go 420? We'll check out Adams. Here he is. Yeah. That's a tough putt because on the other side of the basket there's nothing there. So if you miss this, it's going to be just as far coming back uphill the other way. Can you imagine your sport is played in a place where like other people like see is like where you dump old mattresses and refrigerators. Like that looks like a spot where you back your pickup truck, lower the tailgate and then floor it. And all your shit flies off and you take off and drink beer with your friends the rest of the day. You get someone pays you $300 to take their shit to the dump and you keep the money and just dump it there. But Nope. That's where they play professional Frisbee golf. Alrighty. Say so a whole 11 uh, commentators still loving on Calvin uh, Heimberg. And it's six forty-five. our boy, uh, Adam, uh, misses a uh, a pretty key putt, six forty five. Oh, this is Nico. Uh, sorry, this is Nico in the woods. Oh, yeah, he's just laying up. He's got no look at it there. This is Hamas, and he misses this putt short, which is again, it's a very similar to that last putt that he had. Behind him is a very steep drop off into some pretty thick woods. Where if he misses this long left or right, he's probably fifty fifty to make the one coming back at best. So it's not surprising that he misses this a little bit low. Is this fucking true? Hal Roberts says Nico's a kindergarten teacher for his day job. Dude, are you kidding me? Someone fact check Hal Roberts, please. Not true. Uh, it's the way Sevon is talking like he's an – I'm an expert in everything. Like he's an expert in this and knows the players. I, dude, I watched three hours this week and three hours last week. That's more than I've talked to my wife and – in in the fucking last three years i'm an expert <laughs> expert uh, okay um uh so so adams misses that putt we go to hole 12 and uh, at 825 Vinny uh hits a hits a tree causing him to uh the inevitable bogey oh first level we'll check out james proctor here we go And it's awesome having James Proctor on tour this year. He's one of the highest rated disc golfers in the world, probably top 10 rating. But in the last couple of years, he's only played a few events. This year, he's supposed to be playing in all the events. And he's already had two top 10 finishes, I believe. So he's definitely a, a relevant player this season that um, 
wasn't around for every tournament last year. Okay, here we go. Uh, this, this I don't know if you can see it because it's a, kind of an ass shot, but he hits a tree, and this is no bueno. No, this is a really bad. This is the hardest hole on the course to begin with. All you need to do is get around that corner, and he's about five feet off the mark. So he's way out of position, way back on the hardest hole on the course. And this hole, on its own, cost Calvin this tournament. Over uh, look at it. It's the big tree that's just off center on the right. Thank you, where, where Caleb has the arrow. Yeah, he fucking doinks that thing. In the entire tournament, which is three rounds, he had three bogeys and a double bogey. Everything else was par or bird. Crazy. Two of those bogeys were on this hole, and the double bogey was on this hole. Damn. Oh, wow. So, so this five is not his hole. over par for the entire tournament. Four of them were on this hole. Wow. This is the worst hole he's ever had in his life. <laughs> it's, uh, like, it's like not being able to do a, one specific movement at the CrossFit Games that costs you the championship. I like that. No, you know your audience. Hey, uh, do you do people ever just lose discs? Like it's gone. Like uh, they don't know where it went. Like in the, <laughs> it happened to me one time. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about like pros. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a hole across the street from my house in a field, and I can go out there and find discs that people lost. Yeah. But 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 in the pros, do they ever throw one up in the trees and it just gets stuck up there? It doesn't come down or yeah. And it's certain, in certain tournaments, there's something called the two-meter rule, where if it gets stuck in a tree that's above two meters off the ground, it's a penalty stroke. Wow. Mm -hmm. California has that rule, usually. Wow. Okay. Um, and I guess it, if they go in the water, do these things float or they sink? Depends. Usually sink. Um, at tournaments like this, like the, the tournament will like dredge. The, the like the ponds or something and get the discs out and you can collect them later. But it, if it's like in a, a lake or a river that's flowing, like it just might be gone right away. Fair. Uh, hole 13, Adam and Calvin are tied as we go into hole 13. Um, Calvin loses a point, uh, lost a point in the last hole to tie them at uh, 16 under par. And uh, here we look at uh, 1425. Calvin needs to make this putt to take the lead. Here we go. So the back out in the open here, hole 13 starts a stretch of six holes in the open. And and basically, Calvin Heimberg is one of the farthest throwers on tour. So in the, in the open, he has an advantage. And especially on some of these short par fours and long par threes, he can get himself in positions that – less than 5% of the field can get themselves in on a regular basis. And he missed that putt. He missed that putt, yeah. And he needed that for a bird. He'd be bummed about missing that because he just got came out of the that hole that he bogeyed. Uh, hole 14, uh, Proctor, Adam, and Calvin are all tied for 17 under. Um, and uh, at 17.38, you can see where Adam and Proctor – uh, take a one-stroke lead and uh, start to leave, uh, make some distance between themselves and Mr. Heimberg. Yeah, and this is a pretty easy hole. Most all the guys that are contending for the win here are going to want to get this hole and hole 16. They'll want to get birdies on those holes because 15, 17, and 18 are pretty tough. And I think the next shot here, we're going to see James Proctor. Careful, seven-second rule. Careful. There he is. Pro yeah, oh. just, a little tap in, just a little tap in there. His tee shot did all the work. Oh, okay. Nice, and uh, so that the uh, uh, Heimberg loses just a stroke. Put in perspective, it was it's a the length of a football field. This hole, just over three hundred feet. So he threw it from three hundred 
feet winding through a couple trees in the fairway and he's seven feet away from the basket yeah brilliant shot uh hole 15 a 558 uh, foot par three par three and there were zero or one birdies on this hole in the entire tournament and calvin almost got one got one uh the commentators really like this hole they say it's a great hole but it's ridiculous that it's a par three crazy par three um so holes 15 and 16 hole 15 is a par three hole 16 is a par four and they both average 3.5 shots so they probably should both be par fours Right. And, and, uh, that, that was an interesting stat when they get that. Another thing they said is they said, because it's a par three, it's a boring hole. Yeah. So to throw it, it's first of all, everything that's not green in that shot is out of bounds. So if you're too far, too far right or too far left, it's out of bounds So to throw it 560 feet. That straight is extremely challenging and difficult. And there's almost always a strong wind on this hole. If you have a tailwind, there's about, I think, I would say 10% of the field that has a chance to actually throw it within 60 feet of the hole. But even then, you have to make a difficult putt if you're going to get a birdie. So what almost everyone does is lay up to the widest part of the fairway there, which is like 200 feet short of the hole. So just throw a hyzer on the sidearm out over the road, let it drop back into the open part of the fairway, chip it up, take their three, and move on. And that's probably what most people should be doing. Uh, this is a great question. Uh, I, I, I trip on fingers in Frisbee. Uh, what kind of finger agility is required for this sport? A little finger pop. Matt, Matt Orem says, yeah, if you're going to throw forehands, well, you got to have a really dynamic wrist and finger flick for sure. And, uh, for all those hyzers, uh, thumb pressure, I don't know how it is with Frisbee golf disc, but the 175 pound, uh, ultimate Frisbee disc, uh, thumb pressure controls the, the hook controls, um, a snap controls the spin. My, my, uh, ring finger used to do a shitload of manipulating. When you let that thing go, you are basically telling it what to do. Uh, whether maybe you want to even throw a boomerang shot with it. I, don't, I mean, I don't think they ever, I don't know if they ever do that or why you would do that in Frisbee golf, but sometimes you throw a disc up and you want it to just come straight back to you. It's all, it's all crazy shit. Your fingers learn to do. It's, it's, it's really cool. Is it like that? In a, I'm assuming disc golf is exactly the same. Your fingers mm-hmm. tell it, give it, it's, it's programming as your arm basically puts as much energy into it as it can. Yeah. And like uh, you talk about the thumb, there's some guys that hold it and they really press their thumb down on top to get a really firm grip like that. And other guys will grip it more like this. There's just a variety of different ways to do it. Only the idiots grip it like that second way he said. James Proctor does it like that. The thumb. He's one of the 10 best in the world. Come see me for some coaching, James. Uh, Hole 16. Um, all what's, what's this note I have here? All birdies on this card. Oh, all the guys got birdies. Yeah. So this is a hole that 100% you should be birdying this hole. Like it is possible to get an Eagle on it. It's pretty, it's pretty inexcusable to get a, anything worse than a par on this hole. But even if you take four, you feel like you're losing a stroke to the, to your competitors. And that's because it's just as it's not very much longer than the last one. It's more wide open and you get an extra shot to get a par. So everyone's expecting a three on this hole. Uh, hole 17 uh, was the first uh, two holes uh, where there was a headwind, uh, b- both in hole 17 and uh, 18. In round um, two, but in round three, they had opposite wind. <clears throat> hole 17 and 18, oh. are, these are, this is hole 17. So this is an extremely difficult shot. Now, by the way, there is one guy that plays in this tournament that throws it from the tee over all the gray area on a direct line 
to the basket and puts it inside 30 feet and he throws it like overhand throw. It's insane. The guy's name is Jared Stoll, S-T-O-L-L. Maybe you can find a clip of it, Caleb. I'm not sure if there is one or not, but he missed like a tom- He does the tomahawk throw? Yeah, but I mean, it's wild when you watch him do it. Like his back arches a lot and he gets like this really, really, it hurts me to watch him. I can't really. How tall is he? Like He's over six feet for sure. Um, but it's a really, it's a really impressive shot. Almost everyone else is throwing either a, a far straight backhand Heiser shot over the road that's coming back and landing in the landing zone, or they're throwing a really difficult low backhand turnover that's doing the same thing. And if you do that well, then you're in position to attack that green, but everything in gray again is OB, and the green is a little bit unpredictable. Sometimes it skips hard and you go out of bounds right. Sometimes it catches edge if you land on the hill and rolls back out of bounds left into the water. And if you're good enough, you can put it close. But if you miss anything on the right side, you're still putting right straight back at OB. So this is a make or break hole on this course. This is crazy. I didn't see these uh, shots in the like the aggressive cuts that I saw. I just blew by them yeah. at, at 1.5 speed. This is crazy. I didn't know yeah, there was a hole like it's, this. Yeah, these drone shots are good for these holes because they're. Uh, it's hard to tell from this. Like This is the shot. This is Jared Stoll. <laughs> wow. Holy shit, Caleb. Look at you. Look, both feet are off the ground, dude. Watch this. This is insane. Straight over the top. You can see it there. It looks like a moon in the sky. And it comes down. And there it is bouncing by the bat. That's so ridiculous. I mean, no one is doing that. And this guy did it. And if he'd made that putt, he would have got an eagle. But he missed the putt. And it would have been like a very rare eagle. Hey, that guy can hole in one that shot. Yeah, possibly. I mean, this is (laughs) that is ridiculous. Uh, three, uh, three or four years ago, this was considered one of the toughest holes, uh, at the place. And now it's not considered a, uh, difficult hole. Uh, Adam went into this hole, uh, leading Calvin by one point with a 20 under, um, and Adam is, uh, or no, a- after that hole, sorry. Uh, yeah, Adam and Calvin played the, they played the back nine here pretty similarly. Calvin took a bogey on 12 and Adam did not. They played every other hole the same. Uh, I have no notes on hole 18. Is there anything you want to say about hole 18? No, it's pretty drama free in this round. Okay. That was a great, that was a thank I want to thank Nico, uh, Le Castro, Lo Castro for that. That's just stuck in my brain. Okay. Uh, here we are going to, you see the link, Caleb? I forget, I forget what this, uh, this is. Yeah. So the, the round, so the yeah final round. And so the, the, the kind of trouble here is if you're trying to follow the tournament is that there's so many guys in contention to win that they're not all on the same card. So on the lead card, we have still Adam Hammes and Calvin Heinberg, and they, those two players will be relevant, but you also have James Proctor and Matthew, Matty, Matty O or Matty, Matt Orem that, they play pretty well, but they're just not, not good enough and they fall out of contention. And in the meantime, there are these two other guys on gatekeepers coverage, the chase card, um, Kyle Klein and Cole Radalin, that play some ridiculous rounds and put themselves in the mix against Adam and, and Calvin. So so uh, if you guys don't remember from last week, uh, Brian explained to us that there are two different film companies I'm assuming that it's, it's only a matter of time before one of them buys the other one, but there's two no, different- no, there's way more than two. There There's are? Like, yeah, but these are the big two. 
So there's two main uh, film companies. One is always in charge of uh, card, the main card, uh, and then one's in the in charge of the chase card. And what Brian is saying is that the guys in the chase card were uh, in contention. You know, it's crazy, Brian. What happens if there's a tie at the end? I can't believe it actually. Did. Well, maybe they I shouldn't ruin it. They will. Yeah, and everyone thought this this tournament was going to go to a playoff. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been surprising if there were eight dudes. Right. Okay. Um. But pressure is a real thing, no matter how good you are. And you have to execute on this course. Uh, like that slide that Caleb showed, they usually open up these shows uh, when um, it's the gate The gate guys. They usually open up with a bag check. Uh, putters, mids, and drivers, are those the three? Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, Paul Macbeth is in the chase card, uh, six-time champion, and he has his shirt tucked in. He was the only guy with his shirt tucked in, as I mentioned. Six-time world champion, two-time champion of this tournament, and he is who people consider to be the greatest of all time. Nate Sexton is this guy. He's one of the commentators for Joe Pro. He doesn't play in very many tournaments, and this is two tournaments in a row that he's been in the top ten. So when he does play, he's still exceptionally good. That's Why Paul Macbeth right there in the blue. Why doesn't he play in very many tournaments? It's because he's got a family and he has a job with Disc Golf Pro Tour commentating and a job with Joe Mez Pro commentating. So he doesn't like to travel on the tour with uh, all the time. He can do those other jobs from remote locations sometimes. I wonder what would have happened if he would have been in on card one since he had to commentate. Oh, I, like last week, I guess he did that. He has to commentate his own stuff. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to um, hole one. Uh, I don't think you can see the bucket from the tee. Uh, Twelve thirty. Uh, Nate uh, Sexton hits the stand and it bounces way off. Well, this is not hole one anymore, which is okay. Oh, it isn't. I screwed that up. Yeah, but that's fine. This is hole okay. three. Good job. That was a test, everyone. I knew it wasn't hole one. I was just testing. And if you look at the bottom down there, you know, Nate Sexton birdie on one and two. Paul McBeth birdie on one and two. Kyle Klein birdie on one and two. Cole Radalin birdie bogey so he gives away two shots to his card and and one of the easier holes on the course on hole two i'm checking my notes to make sure i didn't screw this up oh, i did screw it up okay uh, what hole was this again hole three yeah this is hole three nate sexton is one of the best forehand players of all time as well similar to kyle klein and on this course honestly if you don't have a great forehand it's it's pretty difficult to compete Did we see where that went, Caleb? Did that hit the basket? Did it hit the stand? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, like it's a terrible, terrible reaction. He rolls to outside of the circle, and it's not so great from there. Yeah, kind of crazy. A brilliant throw, but uh, not such a brilliant uh, finish to it. And then a 14 15, uh, Nate misses, and Macbeth misses. Uh, they both missed their opportunity at eagle shots. Birdies. Uh, Eagles. These are putts for two on a par three. So they would be a birdie if they make them. Well, shit. This is like, so he got that tough reaction and then he missed the putt. So now he's hoping to make the comebacker for a par. And that's how close it can be, you know. And here's Paul McBeth, uh, the greatest player alive today. Shirt tucked in. I don't know why. <laughs> Needs to make this shot. Uh, and if you look down there, we got Kyle Klein, and we haven't talked about him yet. But uh, it, it, that's the 18-year-old kid, right? No. Kyle's like 21 or 2. Cole Radalin is only 16. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Wow. What's funny is some of these guys are so fucking skinny 
like young men, but they still have baby fat on their face. It's nuts. It's nuts. Cole Radolin is 16. And he is incredibly good. I mean, the what he does in the final round here, right, when we get to the end of the tournament, we, you have to look at his scorecard. It's it's insane. Okay. So uh, and, and, uh, remember this. Uh, that, that's not good for Paul, Macbeth, or Nate uh, that they missed this chance uh, <clears throat> at um, birdies here. Uh, there was an advertisement for a bag that's called the – what is it? The Mojo bag? The Mazzola bag? Is it the one that has the stand that just kicks down? You yeah. It's a backpack, and then it just automatically moves into a stand? Yeah. Yeah, that's new of this year, and uh, it looks very practical to me. Yeah, does anyone do any of the guys use that on the tour? Not sure. I'm sure that they've got someone that's using it, but not one, not any of these big time players. They all because they probably already all have deals with the other bag making companies. But maybe when one of those expire, they'll switch over. Yeah, that's a pretty cool cool bag. Okay, uh, hole four, uh, 1845. Uh, Macbeth looking demoralized at 1845. <laughs> and I'll say this about Is that a word demoralized. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we can run the run the clip here, but he's, you know, he is one of the best. He also has just incredibly high expectations for himself and he definitely takes some heat over time of being a little bit too animated or emotional on the course, but he had nothing here. He couldn't there was no chance for him to make the putt, so he just threw this little lazy chip shot out there and took the par and got off the hole. Um the the commentators were saying that he was even rushing his shots, that he didn't seem like himself, like he like he didn't want to be out there. Uh, I wouldn't, I would say that in the last four holes, that was definitely the case, but it, and, and maybe, a, you know, a specific shot like this, but no, I think through hole 11 or 12, he still thought he had a chance to win. Uh, hole five, uh, Paul Macbeth has a hole in one opportunity, 2050. Hopefully I gave that time code, right? It's it's yeah. So this, uh, and, and you can see where the guy is down there. That's Macbeth. And then you saw the basket just straight down the pipe. It's like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, so it's pretty. You want this disc to just move slowly to the right. I don't think that's. Is that the only one opportunity you're talking about? I don't think so. That was it. Look at. I mean, there he is. I can see him and I can see the basket. That's a hole in one <laughs> opportunity, right? <laughs> uh, I guess. A uh, hole six, twenty three, ten. Uh, Nate sexton also has uh has a chance for a a hole in one at 23 10. this is a legitimate chance for a hole in one so this is a forehand this is a shot shaping hole we were talking about you just want it to move left to right it goes about half the way straight and then starts moving to the right he gets a nice skip here hits chains hard if we had the audio you could hear it and then it skips about 12 feet past like that could the thing about a shot like this is it could go in. Uh, it could hit the basket and stop relatively close to the basket like this one does. But if it misses the basket altogether, it could go 35, 40 feet in those woods, and then you're going to take a par. So. That was cool. But and, it was and cool. I thought it was going to go. I mean, it looked like it could have gone in. Uh, for me, that's the first. That's the closest I've ever seen to a hole-in-one. A guy threw a uh, off the tee and uh, hit the uh, hit the chains. Pretty cool. Thirty-one uh, ten hole eight. Uh, Paul Macbeth uh, get finding his groove um, and uh, and drilling this putt right here. Then you're gonna skittle on down that hill and probably be behind some bushes. And- yeah, so this is, is one of the short. That's shorter. not Paul Macbeth, by the way. 
No, this is colder down. This is one of the shorter holes on the course. All of the guys are hoping to birdie this hole and planning on birdieing it. And you see Cole goes a little bit deep there, but that's well within a makeable range. Macbeth throws what uh, you just have to say is a bad tee shot. Um, it hits a tree. You remember and he kicks this? Down and he's only halfway to the basket. So this is a terrible, like terrible situation. Like you said, he's already a little bit demoralized. If you look on the bottom there, Cora Dollins made several birdies in a row. Kyle Klein's made like five out of six holes birdies in a row. And Macbeth's not playing bad, but he's given some easy shots away. Uh, sorry, Kev. Thirty-one ten is where Macbeth nails the finds his groove and nails the putt. <clears throat> Oh, so may have to rewind it just a little bit more. Maybe I screwed that up. Or was that was that Macbeth who threw that? Oh, here we go. He doesn't make this, does he? Is this the sixty footer he makes? Mm-hmm. Yep, dead, dead, dead center. And that's what last week we were saying. Someone was making a joke uh, during last tournament and saying, "When this guy retires, someone just needs to make a YouTube video of two hours worth of him making putts like this because that's they're out there." Like he makes putts from 40 to 70 feet. It's insane. And sometimes they are like extremely high pressure, big moment putts and he knocks them down. And, and, and this is what's crazy too, because you don't, you see a lot of guys who have that look at baskets that don't take it. So that was the first time in the, in the tournament that I was watching where I'm like, Oh shit, a guy's really going for it because a lot of times they just play it safe and you can tell because it just drops short of the, of the, of the basket. Right. Yeah, and in the woods, wooded holes, there's a lot of steep drop-offs behind the baskets or thick woods or the river, so it's pretty risky to run it. Like if he airballs that, he 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 probably, you know, it's questionable if he makes the one coming back. But Macbeth is the most aggressive player in the field. Like he goes for more shots than more, than anyone else will. And when it comes down the stretch of tournaments, he doesn't care because he's he's not chasing paychecks like these other guys. He's chasing wins. So he doesn't care if he finishes 12th or second. If it's not first, it's not good enough is his approach. Wow. Uh, uh, 35, 30, hole nine. I wonder how that affects his uh, his performance overall because he, uh, if you win, take second place in every tournament for the year, you still win the... the... Yeah, I, I actually think that it's a bad strategy of his because, for example, in this tournament, on the last four holes of the tournament, um, he just... He was... Like he had to make a move if he wanted to win, but as a result of that, he shot three over par on those holes where everyone else is shooting like two on one or two under par. So he's giving away four shots and like six positions, which doesn't only cost him money, but it costs him points. And at the end of the year, last year, he lost the tour points championship by one shot to his rival, Ricky Waisaki. And you think back to moments like this, and you're like, well, dude, if you had just played those holes like intelligently and taking a fifth instead of a 12th. You might've been the tour champion last year. Uh, he, he's just in it for the girls. Uh, Dick butter fair assessment, uh, rich Holton. Do they test for PEDs, bro? Half these guys are have a fucking anorexic eating disorder. We test for PEDs. What are you talking about? Uh, the 35, uh, 30 whole nine. Uh, we we visit uh, Mr. Klein, Kyle Klein. <clears throat> And this is like actually potentially the most critical hole of the tournament for Kyle Klein. Uh, you have to go down to someone who is. This is not Kyle Klein. This is Paul Macbeth. Is this 3530? Oh, uh, 
Sorry, it must be after that. Sorry, because it's a putt. It's a great. It's a. It's a putt. So it must be after. Maybe it's thirty six thirty. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. So all of the other players that are contending for the lead took par on this hole, and a, and a couple of them took bogey. But in the meantime, Kyle Klein plays it perfectly, and of the top seventeen players in the tournament, gets the only birdie, which I think the commentators even discuss it as it's happening, and saying like that can be a really critical stroke when everything's said and done. Let's see. This is uh, the 16-year-old kid, Cole uh, Redalen. Redalen. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, let's see if Klein's after this Kikat. Yeah, this is, is this Kyle K- Klein right here. Okay. Incredible shot here. Tree block in the basket. couple trees. Boom. Yeah. And he just makes it look easy. And Kyle Klein... Um, is his young kid from Michigan is only 21 or 22 years old. He's won some on the pro tour already though. And he's, um, he's one of the 10 best guys in the world at a very young age. I mean, he's really good. Okay. Shit. We're on a roll. Uh, next video as we go into the, going to the back nine. Uh, no, we just show the, the, the front nine of the lead card. Oh, okay. Is that where we're at? Let's see. Yeah. He's got it here. Because there's like some incredible shots on this nine. The, I mean, I, we can watch as much as you have notes for, but there's there are shots on holes six and eight that are must watch. Okay, I'll get us up to. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got I got good notes on six and eight. Okay, uh, at this point, the commentators are letting me know what Brian told me uh, before I started watching that this is the closest tournament in the history, maybe of uh, frisbee golf, meaning that there's it's so the many guys piling up. The- of the disc golf pro tour, which started, which officially started in 2016. Okay. And uh, for those of you, that means that there's so many guys piling up who are tied for first, second, third, fourth, fifth place, shit like that. I think at one point they were saying there was like a 16 way tie for second place or something crazy like that. Um, uh, wind is usually a factor on this course. We go to hole one, uh, by the way, that's a uh, Sexton in the middle there. Nate Sexton. We've seen him throw a bunch. Looks a little sunburned. a uh, hole one, four forty six. uh, Look at this approach. I, this was the first time I had seen this, and I only saw this once. This guy not only uh, starts off the pad, but but enters the pad from the side. None of the other guys on the hole did this. Uh, this is uh, Adam Hamas. Uh, uh, Adam Hamas. Han- yeah, he does that same run-up every time. And this is a very common line, just this spike hyzer into the green. It's going to basically just land vertical and hopefully stick. And even if it rolls down to the other side of the basket there's a wall there that'll catch most of the discs so i don't like that change of footing i don't like that he it, that just much like there just must be a line there that suits his eye because he, he does it every round and like you said he's the only one that's approaching it from the side like that is brian competitive in disc golf not really he wants to say he is but yeah i could tell hey, i understand i did take third place in a intermediate division of a tournament last fall See, I told you he wanted to say he was, but he's he's a man of the truth. Uh, uh, six thirteen, uh, Calvin uh, my, uh, making my disc an, golf trophy. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's or is that Orem? That? That's Maddie Orem. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Orem in a minute. Uh, let's go to six thirteen if we can. And uh, oh, that's it. Okay, keep playing. Let's see. Uh, Calvin goes for a fifty foot putt. Let's see if he can pull it off. Calvin Heimberg. Matty O, perfect shot straight down the middle, 10 feet away. 
you're going to probably, okay, here he is. You may need to pause this so we don't get more than seven seconds. Uh, Calvin Heimberg going for a 50 footer. Yeah. So T shot came up way short here. And as you've been saying, this is a hole that everyone is wanting to get birdie on. So if you miss like that, you really feel like you're giving one away early to start this round. Now, can you play that one more time, Caleb? That is like the worst. That is like painful. That hurts your soul right off. I don't know what they call that, but the lip of the basket. Off the lip of the basket, off the chains. And I mean, it could go in, it could go out. It's better than some other <laughs> misses you could have. Sure. But it's also about as close as it can get and not going in. Sure. Uh, as we go into hole two, uh, Adam is uh, 21 under, Proctor under 20, and Calvin 19 under for second, third place. Uh, hole two, right off the tee, uh, Adam hits a tree. Uh, no bueno. Uh, we go to hole three at the 12 minute mark and uh, Matt Orem yeah, enters the picture. Good. Yeah. So straight shot with a finish on the left here. And it basically just curls up right next to the basket. And like I said, this is a hole all of these guys are, are planning to get. And Matty O certainly did. And uh, Orem's uh, respectable top, top cat. Matt Orem, I think is the fifth or sixth rated in the world right now. Uh, and he's been relevant at big tournaments since 2005 when he was a young man and showed up on the lead card of the world championships, wearing a Derek Jeter jersey. <laughs> He's a big Alabama and a Nick Saban fan. So anytime he throws a good shot, he'll just be like first down. He'll who's, always, Nick Sa- who's Nick Saban? The coach of Alabama's football team. Mm. And he may or may not have him on speed dial. I'm not sure. Uh, 1250. Uh, Adam hits the tree again. Yeah. Adam getting off to actually a pretty rough start here. Um, you can see his uh, took a par on hole two, which is a pretty easy hole. He has this tee shot on three that he just pulls a little bit, hits a tree. So he didn't, everyone else is parking this hole like Matty O did. And he's got, he's just got to accept another par. Uh, uh, Mason Mitchell, come on, Stevon. You know, it's crazy. Uh, for years, I, I don't know any stuff like that. Uh, I just know the only coach I know is Sandusky. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy because people would be like how, how he's the worst sports journalist ever and i'd be like you're you're absolutely right i am the i am proudly the worst sports journalist ever thank you okay 13 15 proctor misses a must shot i mean this oh, sorry sorry let me rephrase that let me phrase that um proctor really needs to make this let's see if he makes it 13 15 this is a real nail biter here people he has to make this 13 15 James well, Proctor. Proctor's in the, he's tied for first in the tournament right here. He's like I said, one of the best guys in the world. The wind just elevates it a little bit. It skips off the top. And when the flags on top of the basket like that, and they miss high for the pros, a lot of times they hit the, the, the flag stick and uh, above the basket. So they stay close. This one hits off the top and ramps off. And he's actually had a longer putt coming back, which he also misses. And he goes from taking a birdie and staying in a tie for the lead to taking a bogey and falling out of the lead. And he was never able to get back into the tournament after that. Ryan, it's an aggressive throw. His throw. Yeah. He, I you mean, he's so shocked. If you saw these guys putt live, they putt hard. Yeah. This is, this is really aggressive. This isn't like a. Occasionally in, in certain situations, they'll throw a putt that kind of approaches the basket high and soft and stalling out and slow. Cause they know it's really dangerous, but their chances of making that are low because the, angle that you're approaching the basket has to be extremely exact so these guys 
especially if they're inside the 33 foot circle, they are putting it very hard with a very specific line and basically trying to hit the chains going full speed. And then they catch the bet, the disc and fall in the basket. He, he postures with a three quarter granny shot. Like he might just go for like an, uh, you know, an, uh, like a, a fucking an arc shot, but then he releases it and it's not an arc shot. Oh, we got another angle. Oh no. Look at right. So it's like a three quarter granny shot. And then he just fucking zips it and he's aggressive. Like he wants this. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's going for it. Yeah. And you see about halfway there, the disc just lifts a couple inches and that's it. He was, there's a, it looks like it's a tailwind. So it really shouldn't lift, but if you get the, because it's elevated basket and the nose wind is up angles up just a little bit that the wind got under it and pushed the disc too high by six inches. And it basically cost him a chance at the tournament. Uh, uh, let's watch the women's field and look for the hot chicks. Fucking (laughs) great idea. Hey, I am reading this book on uh, polio and I think the guy who invented, I'm trying to remember the guy's name who invented the polio vaccine, but I I think maybe his name is Sabin too. A whole four going into, someone's going to correct me now in the comments. Good. Fuck you. Hole four going to uh, Orem, Calvin, Proctor, tight three-way. Okay, uh, 16-10. You're never going to believe this going to hole four. Guess what Adam hits for a third time in three fucking holes? Adam Hamas. Here we go. Hole four, 16-10. Off the tee. And this is not the miss that you want to have on this hole. There's that one tree in the middle of the fairway that sometimes you hit and you kind of live with it. But when you're missing early left here, it is it can be completely death, jail, the jungle, like those guys are saying. He actually gets a decent rollout where he actually he has a, a chance to save a par on this hole. So as bad of a shot as that was, he got a pretty good break. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's Giannis uh, Sock who invented the polio vaccine. All right, my bad. I can't wait to tell you about this book. Can you play that one more time? I didn't even see it right there. Hit the tree. Did you guys? It's that, hard to see, but it's going to hit the left side. Do you see it, uh, Caleb? Can you circle your, uh, put your arrow right over there? Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Like this kind of white tree right here. I guess it's a testament to how good these guys are because it's, it's some of the worst play I've seen in the two weeks that I've been following this sport. And yet this guy's still fucking kicking ass. So uh, it's a test. Well, I mean, at this point, he's not kicking ass. At this point, he's falling behind <laughs> um, the pace. But he's, there's a, like I said, there's a couple shots coming up that get him right back in the mix. Uh, and our buddy uh, James Proctor at 1730 going for a very tough putt. Let's see if he gets it. That was uh, is, Mr. Hamas. Here he is. Yeah. Here's Proctor. So he's got to step out from around the tree. He's going to try to put on a little Anheuser angle. And misses it and gets a terrible reaction and basically rolls into the river. Yeah, can you believe that shit? Off the chains. Mm, off the basket. It was off the basket? Let- yeah, just hit the, oh, it hit the top point. lip yep. of the basket. So this is missing going in. He just took a bogey on a, on a bad three-putt. And now he's got this, which is a pretty good, well-played hole. Chance to get that stroke back. Instead, it takes the worst reaction really possible here and bounces into the river. And now his tournament is completely done in terms of winning. Look at this shit. Daniel Garrity saving Seve. Thank you. Saban invented the live vaccine. Sock invented the inactive, inactivated vaccine. Thank you. Thank you. Damn, I'm good. And this guy's got a, a pretty cool picture in Avatar, too. Yeah. 
God, I'm good. Probably second best to extra sloppy though. Um, uh, whole five. Oh, uh, at this point is when the commentators say that there's a 16 way tie for second place. Absolutely nuts. Uh, whole five. Um, uh, Calvin uh, Heimberg uh, is winning uh, in the uh, lead card. Um, 2055. Uh, I think this is, I forget. I don't have the guy's name whose putt this is, but we need to take a look at this putt. I apologize. Proctor again. Yeah, tough putt, tough putt. <clears throat> Nothing's going his way at this point. Off the chains, dude. Yeah. So three off the so chains. Three, three decent putts and three bad results on three holes in a row for Proctor. Uh Jeff, wait till you find out this story about what happened with polio i gotta tell you guys this any fucking person who has kids who is thinking about putting anything in your kids you better read this book the moth and the iron lung you better fucking read this book holy shit and if you know any farmers from 1890 to 1950 have a talk with them and find out what they were spraying on your fruits and vegetables you will fucking trip it's it's not rocket science people it's it's three-year-old reading it's a great book so, um, we just relived it again with COVID. It's I can't even believe they did the same thing with polio. It's fucking absolutely ten year old reading. Probably. Yeah, ten year old reading. Yeah, ten year old reading. Third grade math. Thank you, Brian. Uh, okay, uh, Calvin. Uh, when, uh, t- tough, tough miss for progress. Hole six. Calvin uh, uh, Heimberg uh, has now had four consecutive birdies, and he's on a roll. This is the guy I told you about in the beginning that they want to say is the best, but we're not sure if he's the best yet, right, Brian? He's got to prove that he can win. He got he got the win last week, so we'll we'll see. Okay, uh, twenty three twenty. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's let's take a look. I don't even know where you found this at, but here we are, Calvin Heimberg. I didn't see where the disc went. Okay, Caleb just pulling up his own clips. Oh, no, that was 2320. Oh, that should have been um, Adam Hamas. Keep going. Uh, this is an, uh, Adam Hamas goes for a 60-footer here. Here we go. Here we go. And people. look at Hamas' scorecard. Birdie, four pars. He's falling behind. He's tied for 11th. He needed that. He needed something to happen, and this is a really good putt at a critical moment for him. Let me. I want to show you. Okay, if, if, let's look at that one more time. Uh, this is the guy who we saw hit three trees in a row, and he actually hit a tree on this hole also to end up this short of the basket. So he's his tee shots have been bad, but he hasn't given any bogeys away. He's just been weathering the storm, and he needs to make something happen. Um, and you never see these guys run. These guys are like like praying mantis. They don't run. Look <laughs> at him. He runs. There he is. Praying mantis running. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, great job with the 60-footer for uh, Adam Hamas. Uh, 23.50, um, uh, Proctor is uh, – the commentators say that Proctor is in a situation where he cannot make this shot. 23.50. Let's see if they're correct. I mean, yeah, this is a great – There know, he is. He's not far from the basket. And after all these tough misses, he gets into <laughs> maybe the most unlikely, and he makes it. Beautiful shot. Congratulations, James. Uh, hole 7, 26, uh, 20. Uh, Matt Oram has a chance to prove to us what Brian shared with us earlier, that he's the fifth-ranked player, uh, best uh, Frisbee golfer in the world. 
Yeah, very similar to the shot we saw from Nico on the previous round. Just very well shaped in areas, doing his little first down celebration. Roll Tide. That's what he would say. Hey, we should play that um, video where that guy steps up to the ref every every, every show. It's just crazy, too, because it looks like the two least likely dudes to fight. Nico looks like he's on meth, and that other guy just looks like he like just wants to serve beer at, like, um, what's that thing they do in Germany? Uh, Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on there? Okay, so uh, Matt Orm, great shot. I think that was this whole seven. Is that the staircase uh, hole? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful shot. Tough shot. A uh, whole eight. Uh, this was the whole. Uh, Brian has some important things to show with us here. Uh, 29 minutes. Um, uh, we, uh, Adam, this is the guy who hit three trees in a row. And then we saw him make that 60 footer. And then we saw him do the craziest thing ever. A Frisbee golfer actually jog, but, uh, here we are hole eight, Adam Hammes. Turn the volume on Caleb. Still coming in kind of hot. Wait, what was that? Kind of hot. <laughs> on the oh, the ace. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> They actually show an instant replay of this too, uh, Caleb. Yeah, they have a they zone. have a catch cam on the basket. Still so coming in, kind of hot. Wait, what was that? Kind of hot on the strike. Oh, the ace. Is that in the basket? Yes, Adam Hammes with the ace. So I mean, it's you can make a hole in one in disc golf. I have one made one hole in one in a you know not in a tournament round or anything, but to make it in the final round of a tournament when you need it, I mean, this is like. Game changing for him. He's now, hey, dude, and it takes that fucked up bounce off the lip. Yeah, well, this just hits the chains pure coming in at the right angle. I mean, it was never really going to miss. This is dead center. But it again, is. Isn't that line show that it hits the lip of the basket? Oh, it bounces off the lip and up and in. I guess maybe that's what. It I is. mean, that's what the, yeah, the yeah, line yeah. says. Yeah, the flight, the follow flight. Yeah, so that's that's cool. Um, but this was. I don't think he was trying to ace this. I think he overthrew it. That's what the commentators say. Yeah. Oh, it does look like it's straight in, but the line does show the bounce. Interesting. And uh, yeah, it is awesome. Uh, Brian doesn't have time for please. Brian, Brian can. Uh, okay. Uh, in- incredible shot. Um, what what hole was that? That was hole eight. Hole um, eight. Uh, another interesting point. This is the second uh, hole in one. What they call the ace on this hole in this tournament. So it's earlier in the day, someone else drilled this one too. Uh, 30 50, uh, Calvin Heimberg also uh, tries to make a statement on this hole. <clears throat> Calvin Heimberg. There he is. And this is more traditional. He's through an upshot to within 15 feet, knocks it in, takes the birdie, and moves on. But Hammis picking up a car, a stroke. So maybe two on all of his closest competitors with the ace there. Okay. And that was the wrong shot. I gave you the wrong time code, but it's okay. Anything else you wanted to say on hole eight? Hole eight was an important hole. That, because yeah, hole I mean, you, don't, you know, you don't see an ace on lead card in the final round of a pro tour event that often. So pretty rare moment there. Yeah. Uh, Dick butter. Uh, yeah, totally. And she, I saw his chick like came over and rubbed his chest or something. I think uh, someone's getting ass. Uh, someone's getting ass getting laid tonight. Yeah, that's for sure. That's always the hole in one. Um, 30, uh, 50. Okay. We did that whole nine Calvin, um, and, uh, going into whole nine, um, uh, Heimberg, Vinny, Calvin Heimberg and Orm are tied for first place with 25 under par. We go to hole 10. Uh, this is now the, uh, back 
Back nine. Back nine. Uh, and they had some camera difficulties here, which is interesting because I didn't even notice. They did a great job, but they basically told us that they normally do these shoots with three cameras. They got one like uh, at the, you know, with the, the thrower and then one where he's throwing it to. And then they usually have a reaction cam, which catches the thrower's face. And they uh, they didn't have that. They had some corrupt cards. Uh, so we'll have to deal with a shoddy production, but they still fucking killed it. These guys do a great job. I noticed that last week, too. This production crew is great. Do you have a link for that one at all? No, there's nothing. Hole 11. Uh, did, did you have anything for hole 10, Brian? No. Are we oh. doing a chase card or lead card here? Uh, I don't know. Okay, uh, whatever well, one uh, Adam and Orem are on. Yeah, lead card. Okay. Uh, hole 11, uh, Adam and Orem. Oh, yeah, we'll do the chase card. I have the chase card last. Um, hole 11, Adam, Orem, and Calvin all birdie. Uh, Proctor is out of contention in hole 11 with uh, 21 under. And now we get to hole 12. Every shot here is now becoming vital. The game has begun, and Calvin is up at the T835. Heimberg, hole 12. I remember this is the hole that has been giving him trouble. Bogey in round one, bogey in round two. I don't have a link for that. Ah. It's the same one. Okay. Well, that is absolutely my fault. Give me one second and I will send it over to you. This is the hole that we saw in round two where Calvin threw the forehand that got cut off early on the right, hit a tree, and he was way out of position. And basically he does the exact same thing in the in the final round. And it's just honestly, if you're a Calvin Heimberg fan, it's pretty disappointing because it's like he is playing the best. Uh in the he is playing the best, most consistent golf in the world right now. He is playing the best on this tournament on this tournament with the exception of this one hole. And if you and when you're watching the back nine, I was thinking to myself, because Calvin's playing great, if he can just get out of this hole with a par, he's going to win this tournament. And then he hits the tree right off the bat. Uh, I'm, this may not be it, man. I, uh, this may not, what, what am I looking for? Final back nine, Hames, Hamburg, Orem. Tell me if this is it. This is it. Oh, that, that, this might be it. Uh, yes, That's this might it, be it. Yeah. Uh, and go to, uh, so let me set this up again. Um, okay. Uh, hole 12. Uh, we just found out that Proctor's pretty much out of contention and that we basically have a race, uh, just looking at the, at the, at the, at the main card between, um, uh, Adam Orem and, uh, Heimberg Calvin and Calvin's up hole 12. Uh, at 8.35, and he's got to make this shot. Too bad this isn't him. I gave you the wrong time code. But this That's is a- He does throw the right shot. This is Calvin. He hit that tree on the right in round two, and he hits the same tree in round three, kicks off to the left, and it's. And I'm just like, my God, this one shot. And he's got a good forehand. Like, There's no reason he should be missing this shot every round, but he did. Uh, so that is bad, people. That is really bad for Calvin. Let's go to 940 and look at Calvin's next shot and see how he recuperates. 940, Calvin Heimberg. I'm watching this uh, so fast. Okay, here we go. Thank you, Caleb, for finding that. This is actually his third shot now, so he had to just pitch out, and then he throws this upshot around the corner, which is a decent shot, but it still leaves him way back of the pin. So it's, you know, you can't even, it's very unlikely that he can even make a par at this point. Uh, the reason why I wanted to show that other shot, the shot before his third shot, is I think he actually throws it out of bounds. Oh, 
And, well, he and, ends and, up taking a double bogey on the hole, so very possible, yeah. Yeah, horrible. Not He gets a double bogey, and Adam gets a birdie. Yeah, and this is, and like I said, hole 12 was the hardest hole on the course. Um, and and actually, Adam Hammes is one of a couple of guys in contention that birdies it. Most everyone's taking par. A couple of guys take bogey, but there are not a lot of double bogeys on this hole. So this is a pretty bad score for Calvin. Uh, riveting, yes, riveting. I, I'm telling you, it is it is riveting. Okay, uh, let's. Uh, so uh, Calvin misses. Uh, uh, did we did we play 11.05? No, oh, this is 10.45, 10.50 though. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, let's see. Let's see this one. Misses right. Okay. So sorry. So he throws. So Calvin Heinberg throws the. Th- <clears throat> go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Throw it. I think this was his fourth shot for par, and it goes off the top to a pretty tough spot on the backside. It'll show you on the bottom there. That was his fourth throw. Misses it. And like that thing that happened with Proctor, if it hits the flag, which it could definitely hit, he could just stop right there. But he gets a ramp off the top, goes like 30 feet long, and now he's got that coming back for bogey, which he also misses. I can't believe they don't hit the cameraman more. Because the cameraman has to be in direct line of the shot. Uh, yes. The cameramen are pretty good. They, uh, they, they do this a lot. I've seen them uh, badging a few times. And then uh, ten fifty. Uh, did we play that already? Where we showed uh, uh, Adam Hamus uh, get the uh, birdie? It's no. not ten fifty because that was just ten fifty. Oh, okay. That figures. Probably the next shot though. Oh. That's Proctor. There There's Hamus. Yeah. There's Hamus. Make an incredible shot. What is that? Thirty-five feet. Yeah, he looks like he's just at the edge of the circle there. Uh, that so it's like thirty. Yeah, thirty-five foot. Exactly right. And knocks it in and makes it look pretty easy. And, you know, at this point in the round, he's feeling good. He's coming off that long put on six, that um, that eagle on eight. He'd parred nine, birdied 10, birdied 11, birdies 12 here. So he had one of those really, really great stretches in the woods. He actually played uh, six through 12, making a birdie equivalent of birdie on every hole. And then... Uh... At eleven oh five, Calvin misses bad again. Uh, three, uh, it was a three-stroke swing in the hole. Damn! Yeah. <clears throat> and so that makes four over par for Calvin on this one hole. And it's uh, like I said earlier, it ended up being the kryptonite form of this course. A four over par or two over par? Isn't two over par double bogey? Bogey in round one, bogey in round two, double bogey in round three, four gotcha. over. Gotcha. Uh, take us, well, we start hole 13. Uh, Calvin is 25 under, Orm is 26 under, and Adam is 28 under in, in um, first place. Then we go to hole 14. Uh, Calvin is two back from Adam. Uh, 17, 15, Calvin goes for it on a big putt. Let's see if he miss, uh, makes it or misses it. 17, 15. Calvin Heinberg, hole 14. And it's getting, you know, Calvin's back out outside where he likes to be. And he's uh, made a birdie on 13. So this is for another birdie on 14. So he's, you know, still has a chance to make a run. But we know that hole 15 is nearly impossible to birdie. No one has birdied it. So he's going to have to birdie 16, 17, 18 if he wants to have any chance. And uh, good for Calvin right after uh, Calvin Adam goes for a birdie himself. We'll see it here. Oh no, that's oh here. Uh. Yeah, and Adams, you know, Adam came comes out of the woods having made birdie, birdie, eagle, the ace, 
par, birdie, birdie, birdie. So he has six under through six holes. Then he comes to 13 par, 14 misses that, takes another par. And you just, this is where you wonder, like, can he keep that momentum that was good in the woods now that the wind is the big factor? And uh, and he hits it right in the chains, even low on the chains, I'd say, but uh, no bueno. No bueno. Uh, so so that's great for uh, Heimberg when Adam misses. Uh, then we go to hole 15, uh, headwind, 558 feet. We've talked about this uh, before. Uh, Calvin is usually great off the tee. Uh, He's one of the only guys that really has a chance to get this to the basket and have a look for birdie, yeah. A uh, 1905 uh, Orem, uh, fifth bless, fifth uh, highest ranked player in uh, professional golf, uh, going for a shot. This is the hole that Brian showed us earlier. That's extremely narrow. Correct. Yeah, long narrow par three. Everything over the fence on the right is out of bounds. Everything in the road and left is out of bounds. I think that all you need to do is throw a, a forehand hyzer and get it to finish to the right. And that's what Matteo tries to do. So he is attempting to play a safe shot here but it gets away from him goes out of bounds and basically ends his chances for the tournament. Uh, and he, you, when it goes out of bounds, you pick up an extra stroke. Yeah. Cause now he's going to have to play from where it last crossed inbounds, throw his third shot, which he does throw a decent third shot, but he takes the bogey there and um, he couldn't afford it. Uh, 2030 Adam uh, goes for a putt, a big putt. And he needed that putt. You know, he's he's struggling here. And it was a bad upshot. He's left himself outside the circle, makes another 35-footer this time in the wind. So really good putt to stay in contention. But he needs, again, to have some birdies uh, down the stretch. Uh, hole 16, an easy birdie. Should be. 24-15, uh, 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 hole 16. Uh, Adam going for a shot uphill. Uh, downwind doesn't look uphill or downwind. Uh, uh, that's just his birdie putt, and he's got three pars in a row, so he needs this birdie here to stay, um, to keep the pressure on everyone else who's competing for the win. He gets it, which is good. Uh, Orem gets a bogey at uh, hole 16, he is now out of contention, and we are looking at now a one uh, mano y mano between uh, Adam and uh, Calvin Heimberg, hole 17. No, and, the, and the problem for Adam here is he's making these putts, but they're all from distance. And it's like, that's, it's a lot of stress and pressure to make 35 foot putt after 35 foot putt. And now he's coming here to hole 17 and he's got even further than that. Uh, here we go. Hole 17, uh, Adam going for it to keep the lead on Heimberg. They might even be tied here. And that was a really devastating putt for him. Um, given everything else that was going on on the course at the time. He knew that he needed to make this putt, and it was obviously incredibly close. You know, maybe a half inch left, and that's in. Um, but he didn't. You know, like I said, he just made long putt after long putt after long putt to save par to get a critical birdie. And you know, you can only make the long putts for so far for so long. Eventually, you got to put one close and give yourself an easy putt. And so here we go, uh, uh, Vinny, Vinny Heimberg. Uh, going absolutely for. must make putt for him at this point in the tournament and heavy chains on the high right high left side yeah <sighs> that hurts you know that that's what's kind of crazy about this sport 
Because I mean that that's so that's as good as it gets, and 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 you and you still well, are. I mean, he would say, "No, I needed to be three inches to the right or six inches lower, and I missed All my right. spot." All right, no excuses. Champs don't make excuses. Fair enough. Look, they're looking for the correction, not anything to blame. Good. Okay, I like. We that. should probably go to the chase card now. Oh, you don't want to do hole eighteen, par three. Calvin and Adam one shot apart. Adam has to throw an ace to win it. Let's go, go to the, th- let's go to chase card. Right, you guys are just just so you know, you should watch the end of that video. It's a par three hole. No, no, let's pull up that ace ace run after we see what happens on the chase card. Okay, fine. Uh, Okay, Uh, chase card because we're going to show the chase card here because these other guys, Kyle Klein and Cole Radalin, are in it are in the conversation to win. But throughout the entire round, they're one hole ahead of Hamas and Heim. Oh, they are. Yeah, scroll this all the way back to the way before this. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is uh, when you know what the chase the chase card is. The four play is the are the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth place uh, players at the start of the, this round. Yeah. At the start of this round. Um, but at this point, if you look at the bottom, Kyle Klein's tied for first. Cole Rodallin's tied for fourth. Paul McBesson's sixth, and Nate seventh is tied for seventh. So they're all still in the top ten. But Klein has moved all the way up into a tie for first. Okay. Uh, 350, uh, Klein uh, going for a big uh, shot. That doesn't look like Klein. That's Cole Radalin. Yeah. And this is a pretty good little jump putt here on Anheuser angle, but he's out of position on this hole. In a classic position you should never let anyone take a picture of you in. Okay, here we go. Klein from the bushes. And these are basically just the distance putts that he was locked in on throughout the, the round. And up to this point, he has not missed a putt inside the circle on this round. Uh, these are, This is the back nine. We'll go to hole uh, 11. Uh, yeah, this the, is such a good shot. The, the five-minute mark. Uh, this is Klein off the tee. Yeah, and this is this actually, all the pros will tell you, this looks even more narrow when you're standing on the tee box. It's not a far shot, but look at this. I mean, that is... It's the best shot. I mean, it is so pure and perfect the whole way. Just a straight money shot. Uh, 625 Macbeth, six-time world champion, the $10 million man uh, after yeah, Nate Sexton here. And Macbeth, we can see he's in fifth place at this point in the tournament. He's still in it for sure, but he cannot afford any 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 misses. So he has to uh, – I think he actually missed the putt before that for birdie, and thankfully for him he makes the par putt coming back, but – He's falling a little bit behind Kyle at this point. Uh, hole 12 uh, at the 8-minute and 12-minute mark. Uh, Macbeth is going for a vital shot. All of his shots are vital. And bam, looks like he hits the same tree that Heimberg hit, that our boy Vinny hit. I uh, hit the one on the opposite side of the fairway. He just pulled that a little bit. Um, but it's such a hard hole that that's basically a guaranteed bogey. And uh, he can, especially after missing the birdie putt on 11, this pr- basically ends Paul's chances to win this tournament for the third time in his career. Uh, 8.45, Cole uh, Redallin, uh the 16-year-old kid, steps up to the <clears throat> tee. And by the way, Cole Redallin was in a, t- in a share of the lead last week at an A-tier event in Arizona. So he's playing as hot as anyone on tour right now. That was a pretty good shot. Was that a second shot or was that off the tee? Second shot. Second shot. Okay. This is such a hard hole to birdie. Uh, Nine thirty. Uh, Macbeth uh, goes for a his second shot. 
Paul Macbeth. This is his third sh- shot. Yeah, that's Bam. his third shot. And he does And he hits hits another tree. Yep. So he's toast. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have any more Paul Macbeth clips. Okay, I, we do, but I'll I'll cut him short. I'll go cut him short. Uh 1025. Because at this point in the tournament, it's very much like a CrossFit competition. As it's getting down to the last day, the last event, you're narrowing your scope and narrowing your scope. And so while there were 16 guys tied for second an hour ago, now there's only four guys left, or five guys at this point left that can win. Heidi's going to live stream the next event. That's good. Um, uh, This is uh, the young kid, the 16-year-old, going for a birdie. Very rare birdie on 12. Makes it, needed it. Uh, hole 13, the commentator saying that now we're about to see Macbeth take some serious risks. Uh, unfortunately, he hits another tree. Hole 14, uh, Macbeth does a birdie at 16-15 uh, to try to keep himself in the game. We'll take a quick peek at uh, – that's not Macbeth. Here he is. Oh, he shot it. Here we go. But again, he's – you know, he's uh... – He's way out of position here. Like he should not be that far away from the basket and have to make a putt of this difficulty from 40 feet downhill on this hole. So he's just his throwing is just slightly off at this point in the round. But since he's so good at putting, he does you know keep himself in it a little bit. Uh, hole 15, the 16-year-old again, Cole Radalin, um, uh at 17:36. He, he has to uh, make one off the tee here. This is the narrow, narrow. Hole 15. Yep, and he goes for the backhand, which is the risky shot, and he turns it over, the wind gets it, and it's straight out of bounds. And this is a really unforced and unnecessary error at this point. He's only one shot out of the lead with three holes, with four holes to go, and he's playing head-to-head with Kyle, and he basically eliminates himself from contention right there. Well, we have you have to watch we have to watch Kyle Klein's tee shot on this hole. It's the next throw after Coles. Uh, on the on uh, on the 15th hole? Yeah. Okay. Because this is, um, this is, is this 2028? This is, uh, Kyle, Kyle throws the shot right after Cole. So it's right after this one. And he also goes to the backhand, which I just don't understand at this point in the tournament. Okay. Maybe it's right after Macbeth. Um, yeah, it'll be right after Macbeth. By the way, Macbeth, Macbeth ends up uh, getting a bogey, and he's out of contention uh, mathematically after So this Macbeth score. was going for the birdie there because it was the only way he could win was to birdie out the last four holes to get to 29 under. So I understood what he was doing, even though, you know, Kyle throws the back in here and gets this a less critical reaction, but it still flips over. It goes over the fence, and then it bounces back underneath the fence to come in bounds. Uh, Caleb, no more than seven seconds, right? Yeah, sorry. I was trying to okay. find the disc. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if we have a great angle of it there on or, or not, but Kyle got extremely – it does happen sometimes on this hole because there's a little space under the fence, but it's by no means what he was ex- planning on doing, and it saves him one or two strokes right here. By, by keeping it in bounds? Yeah, it goes out of bounds, and then it comes back on that S angle that you're talking about. So here we can see it moving to the right. And eventually it moves back to the left and scoots underneath the fence inbounds. Oh, shit. It landed on the out-of-bounds side and slid in under the fence? hmm Holy cow. So it saved him at So least if that would have been a different kind of fence that uh, a Frisbee couldn't have gone under, that'd be a toast. It would have been out-of-bounds. Cost him at least one, maybe two shots. Wow, crazy. He's got a crazy, huge crazy, break crazy. there. Okay. Uh, is, that, is that what we wanted to see, what you wanted to show us for hole 15? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, hole 16, uh, uh, Macbeth uh, opens up with an out-of-bounds shot. He's toast. Uh, Klein uh, at 24.30 goes for a birdie which would get him a 29 under par, I think, on hole 16. Here we go. Yeah, so hole 16, everyone is expecting birdie on this hole. Just because you're expecting it doesn't mean you're going to get it. We see Macbeth took a bogey on 15. We see Cole Redown took a double bogey on 15. So Kyle's feeling good relative to his card here, but Adam and Calvin are still playing really well on the card behind him. Uh, hole 17, uh, 27.08. Uh, Kyle has a chance to really turn up the heat. Let's see if he can do it. 27.08. Hey, just so you guys know, Brian has no idea what I'm going to bring up. Zero. So we saw in hole 17 that Hammes missed a putt for birdie and Heimberg missed a putt for birdie. So we had to see what what Kyle's going to do here. Because 17 and 18, you can get birdies on both of them, but you can also easily get bogeys. Okay, here we go. 27.08. Uh, Kyle's chance to really put the heat, turn the heat so on. He's already thrown an incredible drive to get into the optimal position. And it is really, really difficult to do what he does right here because he trusts that disc out over the water and out of bounds the entire way to bring it back on on the short side of the green into an uphill. And he sticks it, pins it, easy tap and birdie. And remember, he's playing one card ahead of of uh, Kyle and or of, of Adam and Calvin. So they're watching him make this birdie, and then they come up behind him and make a par. I feel like Brian has 48 hours in now, his day. Now, pause this actually right here. So this is 17's green, and in the background where that green fen- that green tent is, immediately to the right on the ground is the tee pad for hole 18. So in like 10, 10 minutes from now in real time, uh, Adam and Calvin are on this green missing those putts, and they're holding Kyle's group on that tee pad, not letting them tee off until Calvin and Adam finish on the green. Oh, wow. So as you're watching it live, Calvin's birdied this. They force him to wait until the, the chase card, the lead card, which is one behind him, finishes hole 17. And he watches both of them miss before he throws his 18th tee shot. Wow. Wow. That's cool. It's really, it's really weird. It's really rare this situation where the 18th tee can see 17's green, and I really like it for the, the the drama there when a situation like this happens. And I like that they made him wait as well. Uh, Kyle then uh, puts obviously picks it up, sticks it in the basket. It puts him 30 under, and they go By the to way, ho- yes. at this very 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 start of this round on the disc golf network, the the pro tour announcers, they said. This is a race to 30 under, and my money is on the guy who gets there first. Wow. Yeah, those guys seem like they know their shit for sure. The guy who uh, said that is named Nate Doss, and he's the three-time world champion. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, Kyle gets uh, that with that birdie. He's now a 30 under par uh, for the tournament. We go into hole 18, 29.05. Kyle steps up to the tee. And this is the first shot we're going to look at the 18th tee shot here. It is a 470-foot hole, and 450 of it is over water if you go on a straight line. There is a bailout zone to the right, but the out-of-bounds over that yellow fence, and there's a bailout zone to the left if you want to play it relatively safe. Kyle is taking no chances. He throws the huge spike hyzer on the outside, and this shot, 50-50 if it's going to stay in bounds or not. Comes up short, gets on that hillside, which is water is like right there, and checks it up inside the circle. Up to this point in the round, he has missed 
zero putts inside circle one. Wow, crazy. And that was an incredible uh, uh, drive off the tee. 29.50, uh, Cole's turn. Yeah, and Cole Ritala. I mean, this guy, is it is absolutely insane. He had a bogey on hole two, a bogey on hole 10, and a double bogey on 15 in this round. That's three holes. Of the 15 remaining holes, he had 14 birdies. So wow. he had only one par wow. in the entire round. And here we go. Park job on 18. I mean, this is such a sick shot. This kid is, he's really good. Uh, it, it looks like he's the future. Uh, 31, uh, 20 Kyle Klein going for his final shot. Um, will and he now leave? the guys are on the tee pad watching him. And he knows at this point that if I make this putt, the only chance that they have is to throw it in in one shot. Right. So if he makes this, anyone who has a chance of tying him has to get a hole in one. So it's, 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 you never want to say it, never, but it's basically for the win. Here we go. Windy day, but he's on the correct side of the basket with a tailwind. So he throws it up. Nice little putt center of the chains. And uh, who's that guy in the back who's pumped that has Klein on there? That's his caddy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's pumped. All right. Uh, so. Do you want to find out? Can we go back to that last video, uh, Caleb? <clears throat> Hang in there, guys. Night, my and, dear. Night. Yeah, and at, at this point, there's one shot left in the tournament. Calvin needed the putt on um, 17 to stay in t in reaching distance. He missed it, so he's at 28 under at this point. And but Adam's at 29 under. So if he throws this in the basket, then he'll force a playoff. Okay, uh, uh, Brian, save this fucking narrative. By having us leave this and then come back to it. A hole 18, par three. Uh, Calvin uh, uh, and Adam are one shot apart. But uh, like we mentioned, uh, Adam has to put an ace here uh, to stay in the game. Has to be a hole in one. Here we go. And this is such a, like, this is would be an, the most epic ace ever. Like, you don't practice running this for an ace because it's so hard just to get it in bounds. But he actually gives us the chance. This is on a really good line, and I love the camera work here too because you're just not quite sure. It was about 15 feet right of what he needed, but coming in there with the camera was panning back, I didn't know. I was like, if that's on line, that might be in. Um, but uh, Cal Calvin ends up taking third in the tournament, uh, Klein first, uh, Adam second. Uh, and that's it. We did it. We did a, a fucking week too. Brian Brian does not know. Oh, next week we're headed off to Austin. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, the, the, Brian does not know any uh, how this works. By the way, he just gives me the the shows to watch, and then I just pull up shit that I think is cool, and then uh, Caleb has to actually find it since the time codes aren't actually lined up correctly, and it's fucking crazy. I can't believe we we talk about frisbee golf for fucking uh, one hour and fifty eight minutes. Based on just like it's like a test. This is like a test for Brian. Brian's like, "Hey, will you test me? My um, see if my autism is 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 going away." No, no, it's not, Brian. It is it is it has not waned at all. You are still a hundred percent autistic. Don't get off your medication. But it's, I mean, honestly, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty. I think it's gonna be a pretty good year for disc golf. As you can see, there's a lot of guys that are in contention. A lot of them are young, but you still have guys that have been around a long time, like Nicola Castro, Paul McBeth, Nate Sexton, that are relevant for having top 10 finishes, Matty O. And uh, the next week, also, Ricky Waisaki might return to the 
Thanks, Scott. Might What's that? Is that the, the only first. Japanese player? The DEI council is letting him in. R- Richie Wasaki. Ricky Wasaki. No, he's um, he won he won the points tour points last year by one shot over Macbeth. Wow. He's two time world champion. Um, he's the guy who has a four year four million dollar contract with his disc company. Uh, and some people think he's the best player in the world, but he's had a wrist injury that's kept him out of the first two tournaments. He's, I think he won the Open at Austin last year. I think he's won it like possibly every year he's played in it. So if he is playing next year, he'll probably be relevant. And and, and when is that? That's a, this upcoming weekend, Friday, Saturday, oh, Sunday. shit. They don't give us a week break? <laughs> nope. Why not? Last week we got a break. Yeah, there's sometimes where you'll get a month break. Oh man, that are we doing Monday again? It's crazy trying to watch all that shit and like. Well, I guess it stays fresh in my head. Uh, this week they have one, and then the the next one isn't until April seventh, so you get two weeks off. Okay, so so and then Jomez and these guys, these gatekeeper media, these guys will have it all ready for us to watch on Monday morning again, and then we just plagiarize their shit. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jomez and um, gatekeeper media. And after that, we'll have the first major of the year. Well, and w- what's that mean? It's just like, you know, in golf, they have four majors. Like, those are the big ones. Those are the ones that people want to win. If you're, like, talking about someone's career resume, you'll say, how many world championships do they have? How many majors do they have? How many pro tour elite series event wins do they have? Maybe how many tour championships they have. So there's a lot of players that would say, I would sacrifice. I, if, if I win one major this year, it's a good year. Like, that's the goal. I'm afraid to tell people to subscribe because after seeing this show, they may unsubscribe. <laughs> no, this is a very specific audience. I don't care if five people watch it. We're just we're just seeing how it goes. Uh, Sevon and Bryant Savant. That's fair. Okay. Uh, tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow morning, we have the uh, live call-in show. And then um, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Caleb, will you be here tomorrow morning, 7 a.m.? There's nothing scheduled for the morning. Oh, live call-in cool. show. Uh, do we have the quarterfinal. We we have the quarterfinal show at um, six p.m. Right? Yeah, but I mean, maybe we should just do uh, that show we've been teasing. If you don't have anything but a live call, unless you're desperate to do something on that show, I love to do live call shows. Oh, you mean we're just I just interview you and figure you out? Yeah. You want to come on tomorrow? Are you available tomorrow morning? Yeah. Okay, fine. Let's do it. It's going to be hard to stay on ta- on subject, dude. Well, that's what I was saying. If you're desperate to get to some of these uh, topics you love, then we'll put it off again. No, no, let's do it. You around tomorrow morning? I am. Tomorrow morning, I will bring my microscope. <laughs> oh, so so we need to change the name of that show, Who is Brian Friend? I'll change it. Okay. And then uh, maybe um, Bruce Wayne can make us a uh, new thumbnail. A new thumbnail. All right. I love that. Thank you, Brian. You're so available. Uh, so, tom- so it's basically three shows in a row with our friend Brian Friend. It's just like the old days. Heidi's uh, on point here, by the way, Southern. You're, you're totally misrepresenting me. Uh, you don't need a mic or show with Brian. <laughs> Heidi, you're fucking good, dude. You're a good dude. Um. Will TDC ever get nailed down in the studio? I actually uh, called him today and told him he needs to come on before he becomes irrelevant. So maybe he will. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk about it all. His childhood, his adulthood, his first girlfriend, first time he ever smoked weed, 
Um, when did he realize he had autistic tendencies, all that stuff. <laughs> I had an answer for every one of those questions. All right. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. I'm pumped. And thank you, Caleb. Bye-bye.